He falls <laughs> he falls asleep and then he jumps back. This is the Colonel Rat Alert. Civil defense information will be broadcast at 6.40. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Y2K, how can we prepare? Stop a few of their machines and radios. Throw them into darkness for a few hours. We are fighting for our lives. My family must survive. Boom for five years. Thousand gallons of gas. Air filtration, water filtration. Coming at you from the frozen tundra that is East Central Alberta, Canada. Streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Rumble, and Odyssey. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. Today is June 9th, 2023, and this is episode 323 of Workshop Radio. In just a minute, I'm going to be joined by my better half, before that, let's get the announcements out of the way. I see Gunfighter Concealment in there. Great to have you already. Real quick, I ended up being uh, distracted last evening. I had two live streams back to back. Forgot to mention our Thursday night sponsor. It's Friday night, so I'm going to mention my brother, Joel Riles from FortressK9.com. If you're looking for a verbal kick to the behind and you want to be absolutely motivated to get something done, then give him a go. Everybody says, what? He talks about dogs. No, Joel talks about making the best of your life. He has an incredible story that will blow you out of the water if you hadn't heard it. So take a minute and check him out. Go buy FortressK9.com and add him to your podcast rotation. You will not be disappointed. Hey, Connor. Good to see you, brother. We've got to shout Tori's boy, Connor, out. He's in listening with us as well. So, <laughs> And, uh, oh, Gunfire wants to know, he says, I know everyone asked, but is a fire anywhere near you? Right now, the closest is Edson. And I'll, I'll fill you in on that in a second. I get distracted. I'm good like that. Patch of the month, guys. We picked up two new subscribers this week. I seriously appreciate you. I, it's the way we can uh, that you guys can support what I do. And in turn, I can give you something back. And I hope that it brings a smile to your face every single month when it comes through, because uh, it's always a surprise. I cannot wait to, we have an ingenious way that we want to unveil this month's patch, but I won't do an unveil video until I know most of you guys have picked them up. So, but you guys will like what we're going to use for it. Number three, the Telegram group. We have picked up I don't know, two or three subscribers or uh, members each day this last week. It's been good. I've been out constantly <laughs> live streaming all week. I tell you, I'm going to cut back live streaming for the summer by one and I end up doing like 17 live streams. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, if you're part of the workshop community, if you're out there listening, if you listen to us on Fountain, if you watch the live stream on Twitch, Twitter, Rumble, Odyssey, Facebook, even YouTube, but you haven't come by and joined the Telegram group, I'm telling you guys, this is where we're at. This is the place. This is where we share. This is where we let each other know uh, if we're right, if we're wrong, the whole works. And it's the place to connect. We even got Mr. Sean Mills, our local solar expert, to join last evening. So I'm telling you, you got access in there to some incredible people who will tell you where to go. I mean, help you out as fast as they can. But no, seriously, it's worth it. And finally, speaking of Mr. Sean Mills, let's back him. Let's give him some support. If you think if you have any use whatsoever for solar direct DC pumping, check out his Kickstarter, guys. I got the link in the description below. I checked tonight, and uh, when it came up, it was in Canadian funds, but it was, I think, around $3,600 of $4,600 funded already, and it hasn't been live for 12 hours. So let's get him early on, 
And uh, yeah, let's get him some stretch goals because remember, every one of us in this community all has value and worth and we want to support. We want to create the anarchist, the agorist market in a circular economy. And look, Sean just took the big step of stepping away from working for the man. So let's give him some support. And Byron Roberts, you are right. Everyone's missing out if they don't come by and join up at the Telegram group. And this evening, what am I drinking? But an old-fashioned Angel's Envy with Fee Brothers um, bitters tonight. And, uh, oh, and uh, vanilla bean syrup. So there we are. And with that, let's see if we can bring... Oh, who is that? Oh, my goodness. Hey, Mr. Angus. So for those of you on the audio podcast, um, I think, is this Angus's first appearance on the podcast? Um, I don't think so. I think it's his second. But this is the first appearance because he's being a baby because... He had his manhood stolen from him yesterday. He sure so, did. Yes, he yeah. he went he he went to the vet yesterday morning a man and he came home a baby. A baby. <laughs> Not really sure what we're going to call it, but it is what it is. And so. he's sad. He is sad, but he's doing pretty good. So yeah. and uh, oh 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 gunfighter concealment. I literally just left the video and signed up for patch of the month. I've been meaning to do it, but I finally got to it. Thank you. I I don't know what to say. Like the, anyway, you guys know that patch of the month thing. It came, I wanted something that I could give you guys value every single month, which was cool, but I also wanted it to be something that uh, could be the thing that allows you to support me as well. And I just, I want to thank you guys. It's really friggin' cool. Um, I had a goal to get to a hundred subscribers this year. And I, so I think we're at 34 or 35 right now, guys. So thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And uh, Abby wants to shout out to Becky. Hi, Abby. Hey, how are you? And Byron Roberts said I'd be sad too. So would I, you know. Yeah, he's pretty miserable. The, the cool thing is, is that um, I don't lose my balls. I just have to put them in Becky's purse. But poor Angus, they threw him out at the, the vet. So there we are. Right, Angus? <laughs> throw him in the dumpster. Yeah, he, he's gone. He, he wanted to save him. But anyway, everybody's like, did we tune in to hear about a poor little dog's balls? But <laughs> well, he's he's sad. So he yeah. wants everybody to know he is, and he's very sweet. And if you haven't seen it yet, um, he's trying out. Speaking of Fortress K nine, he's trying to get a place in Joel's uh, fortress. We bought him a really cool tactical vest and a tactical leash that looks like a big boy's leash. And he's gonna he'll make a debut when we get it all put together. And actually, if Joel's list ever listens, <laughs> Angus wants to be. If he can't join, he got, wants to know if we can be an honorary member. An honorary member of Fortress K9. And we, yes, he's tough. Nicole's out there hanging out with uh, Joel and Wendy right now. So we want to shout them out. And uh, hopefully Nicole has a nice time and a safe flight back. But yeah, we, there are so many irons in the fire, so many things on the go right now, guys. I'm stoked. So I wasn't sure what direction to head tonight's show. I know you guys love. Uh, for some reason, you seem to enjoy Becky whenever she comes on, and I just kind of—I'm just going to keep going like this and disappear. No, <laughs> but yeah, just get up and leave. I now. will. Yeah, it's going to be the uh, run this show. the uh, the tool man Becky, right? So don't forget the studded collar. Yeah, we'll get him something like Mad Max, right? So <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's okay. Up. There, there you go. So I figured I haven't done um, a this week in the workshop in a little while, and I know Mrs. Cook is here, but I'm going to let her fill in as we've been going along. We've had a lot on the go. It's been a lot of fun. So we'll fill you in on what's going on. Got any questions, throw them out. And then I don't know how many articles we're going to get through, but I picked us five articles for, huh, I know you guys seem to love Becky's uh, sassy opinions and she's not even drinking this evening. So we're going to do some stranger than fiction, deal with some pretty cool stories and uh, 
we'll see where the evening takes us. Mm-hmm. We will have a, well, a wonderful time. So, no, just next to me. Yeah. Yep, there we are. <laughs> Go to bed early tonight so you can clean my basement tomorrow. Yeah, that's our big job. Well, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to that, actually. So, uh, first thing, um, we, <laughs> we had somebody move into the upstairs rental and said they would be there for three months, four months, six months, six months. And they moved out after two weeks, two weeks. Yeah. And, uh, which kind of disappointed. Yeah. But, uh, six hours later we had it rented. Uh, it's pretty cool. So I'm excited. It didn't take, we, the, the, the market for rentals is on fire here right now. And we would love to get our hands on a, a few more, wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. And it's coming. So we are going to, so we're, yeah, we're at capacity every, once again, every rental we have, the ones we own, plus all, I guess it's what, 21, 22 we take care of, and then three of ours or whatever it is. So yeah, we're we're full, and uh, we have quite a list, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's good. I'm excited. Uh, if you ever get a chance, if you like doing that sort of thing, um, we really enjoy property management, don't we? Yeah, it's we a do. good side hustle for a lot of people. Um I've been talking about this a little bit. I can't go into a whole lot of detail, but uh, we've been working on a deal to sell the business, haven't we? Just all seasons. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Just all seasons. Not the property management. Or the daycare. Yeah. Or the daycare. Anything like that. Just the mow and snow into things. Yes. It'll be all my all my hardware and everything that we do, uh, the snow and mow contracts, that kind of thing going forward, which is pretty exciting. Uh, you know, if it works out, fingers crossed, right? Yeah. I think yeah. you're still a little sad. I am like, it's like, it's like when your kid grows up and moves out, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, man, yes, finally I can uh, put a pool table in uh, our son's bedroom, but it still sucks that he's moving out. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and I am, I mean, this is the thing that has built everything else that we've launched off of, hasn't it? Yep. But that's also part of life and it's also part of building the life we want to live. And, and we're getting, we're not getting any younger either. No. And I think... Besides property management, I think your days of crawling under trailers is probably getting. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. I'm not going to lie. I mean, would I? Hell yeah, yeah I would. Well, but, but you will do it for property management. But it's different when it's uh, maintenance because it, you just, it's just somebody randomly calling you. Yeah. And like with at least property management, if you're crawling under the trailer, you know it's our trailer, so we need to take care of it. So it has a whole different. It's outlook. been. It's been a long time coming. I've really you well you know I've struggled with it too because. Mm-hmm. If we want to go into, you know, multiple branches of the daycare, we want to go full-time into property management and full-time into content creation, there's other things that had to be left behind, right? Mm -hmm. And I officially gave up the last of the bank properties this week too, which I know is crazy. It seems weird, but it was something we were working on too, wasn't it? Well, that and 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 I found like the first couple of years of all season, it was fine. And then when COVID hit, it's not like we were going anywhere anyway. Right. But now with all seasons, it's become a tie. It's a tie. Sure. It and, is. Yeah. And you know, like we, we want to be able to do things, but like even, even just getting away for a weekend during the winter months, it was, it yeah. was really stressful. I mean, so, five months of the year, we were, we were absolutely mm-hmm. chained to, to the, to the town and that's fine. Like some people are like, Oh, it must be nice right now. <laughs> but that, but this is the thing. We're working on building the life we want to live. We want to be able to go for two months of the year, three months of the year to the States, right? Mm -hmm. You want to be able to come with me to prepper camp and all the other fun events. And we can't do that with this. Well, that, and like, and like I said, in the winter time too, like we want to be able to take the kids up to West Ed Mall. And and like, even if it's just for a night, if you're always fretting that it might snow in the morning, then it's not enjoyable. I never enjoy myself. Exactly. And, and again, I tell everybody the other thing. 
do more of what makes you money and do less of what doesn't make, you know, pick the things that make you the most money for the least amount of work and do more of that. And it's hard for me to swallow that sometimes, right? I mean, this has been my baby. And uh, <laughs> right on, Rachel Brown. <laughs> Rachel Brown says, hey, kids, slap that thumbs up like it owes you money. Good point. I appreciate that. Good to have you, Rach. Uh, oh, we took Charlotte to a track meet. She got sixth place in the hurdles, but she uh, ran a personal best and didn't clip a single hurdle. I was really yeah. proud of her. And you, sh um, it's only the second time she's ran hurdles. Mm -hmm. So she's never, never, ever... I've ran it before. I had a lot of fun hanging out with her and her friends because I try to embarrass her. I, I do my best to learn Gen Z lingo and uh, th they make fun of me even when I get it right. So, yeah. well, and the problem is that you hang out with her friends because they refer to you as a DILF. <laughs> you had to say it, didn't you? I had to. So, yeah. Yeah. So apparently Tim is a DILF. I had no idea. This is something I found out <laughs> recently. Um, I'm not really sure what it means, but I have my, no, I'm just You kidding. know what it means. <laughs> you loser. Yeah, no, but it's funny. Yeah, we, we had a good time. We had a, actually had a really good time. Charlotte and I went for a daddy-daughter date to KFC. Mm -hmm. uh, her and I haven't had time out of town in a long time, so that was really cool. I uh, found a wrench and a pair of Weiss Vice snips on the side of the road. Two different times. Charlotte was nice enough to get out and pick up the wrench for me. Of course she was. But the snips were just like brand new. And of course the wrench fell off some oil patch truck, of course, but always, you know, I love to. Well, and she's a pack rat just like you are. Just so. like me. Look at yeah, yeah. See, there you go. You <laughs> fucking ruined me now, baby. I'm in trouble. <laughs> Ooh, I need a drink. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what her friends are referring to him as. Apparently. Yep. Now you're going to embarrass poor the girls too. So. Oh geez. Yeah, I know. No, they think it's funny. So I had a, I uh, had a meeting recently to finalize, um, my appearance. Now I'm going to be at the Midwest Preparedness Project in Kansas, October Ooh. 7th and 8th. That's a mouthful. Eh? I know. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I got it out though. I'm going to be a part of the panel on Saturday evening. It's going to be a preparedness prepping panel. And then I'm going to be closing out the whole show Sunday evening. I believe, no, I don't believe I'm going to be speaking on the poverty mindset. I am stoked. Never gone to an event in Kansas before. About all we've ever done in Kansas is drive through it, isn't it? So. And when is SRF? SRF is the weekend after that. What so, day am I flying in? I don't know. If you're coming to Prepper Camp, I guess you're going to all three events with I, me. Prepper Camp I this year might be a no-go for me. That's fine. I and know. that's only because of the way things are lining up. Yeah. But I already have my flight booked, but I can't remember what day I have it booked for. I'll have to double check. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I'm excited for you to be at SR. It's going to be a big deal. I All I can say, and I know there's so many events we keep talking about, but the cool thing is, is all these different events are all over the place. So only, you know, certain people can get to certain ones. And so, you know, I mean, yeah. it's not like everybody's going to go to all of them, but self-reliance festival. If last night's live stream was any indication, it's going to be a big event. I'm excited. I, everybody I talk to says I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. So it's going to be good. Um, also, so I called a guy out last night and I never told you about this in the yeah. self-reliance festival, uh, live stream. So he said, I'd love to make it, but I'm, I'm tapped out. So it's right now, early bird, $75, right? Okay. So I said to him, <laughs> I called him out live and I said, all right, you're tapped out. Here's the deal. If you're willing to show up at this event, I will pay your admission to the event. If you'll work the table for a day for me or half a day for me. Yeah. And, uh, 
I got kind of, I didn't really get much of a response. I left it in his court to call out to me. So sometimes I don't want to. Who, who was it? I, I cannot remember their name right now. If anybody was in the live stream, we can go back and find How it in the chat. How do you call but... someone out and not remember who their name is? How the fuck am I supposed to remember their name? I just remember to make an, uh Yeah, but so now some random guy could say, hey, yeah, uh, I was the guy you called out. <laughs> I can go back and find their name. Anyway, I left the ball in their court and I said, reach out to me, come over to the, the YouTube channel and. I don't want to say I'm going to get excuses because I want to believe that I opened the door, but I just wanted to call out excuses when I saw them. But was so was he tapped out just because of the $75 admission or is he tapped out because he can't drive there? Well, that could, distance, I, right? I don't know. I, I don't want to be a complete dick, you know, but I did say, Hey, I'd like, you know, if you, if you can show up there, just all you got to do is get there. I will, uh, I'll pay your admission if you want to work a half a day at the table. So we'll see. I don't know. I'd love for them to. It, maybe it'll be the, the catalyst that the person needs to. So Tim doesn't remember what name it was. So what? eight of you could show up and say it was you and he'll pay your admission. All I'll do is go back and find in live in the live. So <laughs> Jesus, I only talk to like 75 people a day, Mrs. Cook. So, and, and you know, I can barely remember my own name most I days. Know. So that's why I have to write shit down. You know, that's why this. you need a PR person. Oh yeah. Well, you know, someday you will. Right. Mm, I try. Yep. Filmed two videos today. I did a, uh, <laughs> the irony was not lost on me. I did a, a full, um, like a hardwired 12 volt inverter, uh, inflator they sent to me, which was cool. I really like that actually for a cheap tire inflator, barely reached my back tire, but I, I put it to its test. I put it in the, the far outlet, ran it to the far tire with the valve stem facing to the back. And I probably could have got maybe four more inches out of it. That's it. But it worked. It was good. And then I ran the DB meter. So that's, you know, a, a sound test device and my audio failed on the mic one. So what's the, the irony in that? But got some good content, ran the generator today for our quarterly running to make sure that it's going to run when we need it. I'm going to call everybody else out. Anybody else out there remembering to run their generator at least every two to three months? Because if you're not, Mama's going to be ugly if she needs something to eat or drink during a power outage, aren't you, hon? Well, I was actually pretty impressed and I'm just going to throw it out there that it has been, when did we come back from Washington? Um, Friday, last Friday. Was so last a Friday week. or the Friday before? Nope, one week. So it was last Friday, so Saturday morning. So Saturday, we're almost a week. It's only been six days I asked you to hang back up the toothbrush holder. Six days. And I got it done. And she Today. didn't have to remind me every 12 <laughs> weeks. So the cool thing is, is that, you know, the longer you hold off, and here, here's a life tip for all you guys out there. So if you have a honey-do list, if you put it off for a while, she can't add more items to the list. That's what happened. That's the rule. Because That's she, not true. They, they only focus on the one the one item, right? So That is not true at all with me. Because you know <laughs> darn well, the longer you put it off, the more I just add to it. And then the uglier I get, the more I have to wait. So See what I got to deal with, guys. It's unbelievable. But Six days. But guess what? Uh, Mr. Handy here, uh, all the tool man managed to find three screws to hang your goddamn friggin' three screws. Yeah, six days. They had, they had, to, they were really short. I had to find really fine screws. So it's now on. The, is it on the wall? It's on the wall. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Rachel's generator isn't running. We can try to help you in the chat, Rach, if you want. I can't promise we can do it, but if not, um. If somebody's in the area nearby you, Rachel, that could help you out, just, yeah, I mean, anyway, we can give you some suggestions for sure. We can try to figure out what's going on because that's the worst thing with generators is if they sit for a while, they don't want to run, 
not saying that's what the case is here, but oh, generators, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that's why we have to have many of them. No. multiple that way we can help the entire community when the power goes out we don't want to help the entire community when the power goes out we want to help some don't we no we don't all right <laughs> so i don't want to pay for the damn gas to help them all because that's what will happen see you'll end up helping these you'll be like all like oh i've got a generator i got a generator. and all these people are going to be like oh man tim's going to let us use his generator and then it'll be like hey tim can I get a couple gallons of gas from you too? You're right. And then it'll be like, oh, he's going to give us gas too. And then all of a sudden you'll fill it up and they'll be like, oh, hey, Tim, we burnt through all that gas. Could we have some more gas? Because not, nobody's going to do it for themselves. You know that. Do you remember the Simpsons episode, uh, the softball episode where they hired all the major league baseball players? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember which baseball player it was, but do you remember the fire when the guy stops to help yep. the lady? And that she's was... like, it wasn't Jose Canseco, was no. it? No. Steve Sachs. Steve, no. I think it was Steve was Sachs. It? I can't I remember so. for sure. So. And then she's, oh, my player piano. My player piano. <laughs> and so that's what happens sometimes. You know, no good deed goes unpunished. And I know mm -hmm. that sounds awful, but you're, you're not And wrong. you know darn well, if you start giving out generators, then um, they're going to suck all our gas. Yes. So. Should rent generators and offer a fueling service. It's not a bad idea at all, actually. If I keep getting generators, I think think i've got another one coming from a company now so i'm pretty excited about that yeah you know and if anybody just put it out there again if anybody gets a really good harbor freight coupon that they have no intentions of using mr cook would like to buy another generator from harbor freight but i told him he's not allowed to get one unless he has a really good coupon one of those 25 percent off no strings attached we miss you come back coupon so we'll see who knows yeah. I, if somebody yeah. has one lying around that they're not going to use even if I get a 20% off in my inbox, mm -hmm. I'll use it. But yeah. Yeah, but he's I'm not to, allowed to get one unless he has a coupon. I'm ready to. That was uh, the deal. Yeah. And that's fine. That's that's part of the fun. Yeah. We, we like doing that, you know. So um, what else? Do, oh, hey, we got our side of beef. You knew that, though. Yes. And if anybody wants to see the freezer, I don't have a picture right now, but it is to the top. <laughs> that's part of our project tomorrow. Though. It is. Yeah. yeah. So our big project tomorrow. And oh, it's going to be miserable. It won't be that bad, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. We'll just, we'll just get drunk. It'll be fine. So <laughs> We'll get drunk and get nothing accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> the kids will come downstairs. Mom, Dad, why are you sitting on the floor? Shut up. We're looking at pictures. Get out of here. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, Gunfighter says, do you like the big loud generator from them or the big inverter generator? So I have the 3,000 watt inverter generator already from Harbor Freight. I was actually, I've been eyeing up the smaller suitcase style. And, uh, oh, thank you, Haas. Haas says he'd send me a coupon if he has one. So, there you go. Right on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I haven't decided which one yet because mm -hmm. the generator, okay, here's the truth. The generator videos are my biggest money makers on YouTube. And so far, my tri-fuel generator has made back about three times its value in ad revenue. And I'm about halfway into the first um Harbor Freight one that I bought. So they do make their money back. It takes a while, but plus I just have, I love backup power. You guys know I love to experiment with that shit. And he has a problem. I do. I have an addiction to generators, but I'm like Sean Mills. So Sean's getting ready to buy like eight different DC pumps so that he can do testing on all of them to see which one works best. But you know how weird we're going to look if we ever have a power outage and somebody goes by our backyard you have like 15 generators oh, out there. I, I won't. But the thing is, we'll be able to lend Barrett and Amy one. You know, Barrett has a generator. We could run the daycare off of one. We'll be the only we could have. If we don't have any power. We can't have the daycare. 
they're open. To, try stop trying to make up excuses. But it's always and important. Barrett has a generator. Yeah, but I don't think it runs. I think it needs to get. I think it's old and won't Barrett, run. Barrett, does your generator run? Because I think Tim's lying. Um. <laughs> so Rach, Rach says, "What in? Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Let's get into this. I like this question, Rach. So she says, "What inverter for the car would you suggest?" So here's the thing. Anything. You're going to want something that will run at 1500 watts. So look, if you're going to look on Amazon, you're going to look for a few things. Number one, minimum running 1500 watts. Now, the reason you want 1500 is because any single item you can plug into the wall will run at 1500 watts, a, a normal 110 outlet, right? So you want that. Now, peak, maybe 2000 or something. Um, now, if you get one that size, there's no plugging that into a cigarette lighter adapter in the car. You have to hook that up to the two ports on your battery in the car. Now, if you get them with alligator clips, you know, like big, big style versions of the things we used to smoke joints with in high school, then you can just clip them on. So 1500 watts. Oh, Harbor Freight. Yeah. Um, I could probably, you know what? Let's do this guys. Let's have some fun here for a second. Let's, uh, let's bring up, up Harbor Freight and uh, we'll look it up together. Uh, yeah. Uh, Amazon has some good ones too, but we're going to share the screen here. Give me a second. It always, whenever we have Becky and I on shared, shared screen, it always screws everything up. So there we go. All right. So let's bring in Harbor Freight. Are we looking up? We're looking up an inverter. So what okay. we're looking for is a, a minimum. Uh, <laughs> don't make me look up Stephen Harris. I understand. Yeah. So, all right. So what we're looking for is an inverter. They extended the parking lot sale. Confirm my choices. I don't know what they're asking Cut here. Dirt. Sales kind of remind me a bit of the brick. Always, they're <laughs> half the fucking store is always on sale, right? So, all right. So, whoops. Yeah. Okay. So here we go, guys. So here's your automotive inverters. Now, I I'm not familiar with all the brands they have yet, but what we're going to look at is what the um, the minimum power you can haul out of them. So, to be honest, okay, if you're running, if you want to run. An inverter off a car there's really not a lot of sense in going any bigger than 1500 to 2000 watts because if you're going to do that all of a sudden can you see that so you've got a 5000 watt inverter for 399 if you're going to have a 5000 watt inverter just go get a generator for that price right so but if you want to go cheaper and you've already got a big beautiful generator that parks in your driveway every single day that runs off of gasoline and you keep your you know, we never go below half a tank, right, darling? For the most part. Mm -hmm. You want to look at something like... Let's well, see unless Mackenzie's driving it. That's true. So, all right. I would like to find you. There's a couple things we're looking for. So, that's modified. Pure sine wave. Um, I don't know if there is a pure sine wave. So, we'll look for a 1500 watt and see what there is in there. But, yeah. So, you're looking for around 1500 watts. These are all modified sine waves. So, here's the thing. So there's a couple things to look for. So we'll pick this one, for instance, $129, guys. It's a Jupiter. And it is, if you can see that, 1,500 watts continuous. So that is your running wattage on an inverter. 3,000 watts is peak. That means if you accidentally, say you have two freezers plugged in, they both kick in at the same time, that's what it's going to peak at, okay? So there's your first thing. Now, normally, you're looking for pure sine wave. Modified can still, so what that is, is it's hard to explain, but... The power, so what you're looking for, power goes in like a really kind of smooth sine wave. If you have pure sine wave, it's not going to mess with your electronics modified. I've had it mess a few things. But if you're just running like non-digital fridges, freezers, pumps, 
then this kind of thing will work. And all that's required with this is to take two alligator clips or two screw clips, hook it to your battery in your car, turn your car on, run an extension cord into the house, and you can run any single item you want off it. So run your fridge, run your freezer, uh, run your sump pump, any of that stuff, just rotate through them and you'll be all set. So that that's kind of, that's a really good entry level one right there, 1500 watts. Now, I don't see anything, if we're looking for a pure sine wave, I think that's still modified as well. Pure sine wave. I'm looking for something that's a decent price for you guys. See, that's a thousand watts at 199. Yeah, so looks like at Harbor Freight, you're stuck with a modified sine wave, which still isn't bad. You just might find on some sensitive electronics that it might it might act up just a little bit. There's well, there's one for 299. So let's bring this one up. 2,000 watt continuous, 4,000 watt peak. So um, 299. And it's pure sine wave. So you're going to get perfectly pure power that'll work for your LED lights so they don't wink, for your box fan so it doesn't go and you're going to get plenty of power out of it. You could probably run two items off this at the same time as long as, you know, you could run a fridge and a freezer or a couple of freezers, that kind of thing. So there, and it's a lot cleaner. You don't have to store any gas, but if you do store gas, then you can run your vehicle off it as well. Like uh, Mr. Stephen Harris always used to say, you have this great big beautiful generator in your driveway. So that's what that's where it starts. If you want a, a cheap, easy way to run everything in your house, one thing at a time, one of these nice little generator, uh, sorry, inverters will work for you. So you got me on my hobby horse, everybody mm -hmm. like that. So Garden yes. Girl says obsession with canning jars. Surprisingly, Tim used to you used to have an obsession with those. You've kind of slowed down a little bit. Because yeah, we I, don't do much canning anymore, but it was actually pretty bad. Like we did a lot for a lot of years. Yeah, for but sure. you, rem you remember you would never let any of them go. Yeah, I would yeah, keep them were, as best I could for a long yeah, time. Yeah, he used to have a really bad obsession with those, and but then we kind of we kind of realized that keeping them around and not using them, they would fall and break. And, yeah, I mean we yeah. still like don't get me wrong, we still have I don't know fifteen Pro dozen maybe maybe at yeah. the most. You know, we maybe have one hundred and fifty jars, which is enough you know, for what little bit we do, but we have all the gear. We've built all the knowledge in our brain, how to do it. So we're all set up. So, yeah. and yep. And yes, Rachel wants to know gas storage. Yes. PRI dash G. Now I will say though, um, my magic in a can there, seafoam works really well for fuel storage as well. I've been using the same gas in my tri-fuel generator for two years now. I just keep adding a little bit of seafoam every time I run it and it works great. But long-term storage, if you're putting it on a shelf and you want to leave it, retreat it once a year, PRI-G is the way to go. And I just got to shout out my beautiful daughter, Gracie Cook. She just said, just ended my live stream um, tonight, 931 people. She said, the highest ever, learn from the best. What a sweetheart. Yeah, she's yeah. on her TikTok there. Yeah, she's on her tickety-talk, wherever them kids hang out, doing them things with the people. Her TikTok's quite high. She's got quite a few followers. Yeah, well, that good for her because I haven't. Yeah, I haven't bought my follower. No, I'm just kidding. I'm really proud. I am really proud of you. She she gave me a lot of help today moving a bunch of shit into the storage container. So, mm -hmm. and yes, Rachel, fifty five gallon drums are cheap. Um, again, if we're speaking in theoretical terms, fifty five gallons of gas in one jug is a lot to have stored. Just remember that certain places don't allow that so 
just be wary of it. You know, if a place ever caught fire, you'd want to have a plan for getting a 55 gallon jug of gas out of there. Yeah. No, I mean, just hypothetically speaking. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I can't say that <laughs> I don't know a guy who has 12 five-gallon jugs of gas on a shelf in a garage somewhere. I, I mean, that does just exist. Just speaking, but right? Like, just try to have a plan. Just, mm -hmm. you know, leave it. If you can, leave it outdoors and, you know, let it swell and contract or whatever. But mm -hmm. I'm just saying, um, you market know. Market water. Yeah, market. Yeah, get a blue one, market water, or put a tablecloth over it and use it as an end table. You know, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah. you know. I'm not saying I wouldn't say it, but I am saying it, but I'm not. So there you go. No, so, you're just, you just, it's hypothetical. Absolutely. Worst case scenario. Right. That's all. If I close my eyes, it doesn't exist. If no one sees it, it doesn't exist. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah, tomorrow we're going to clean the basement. So being organized is a prep. I mean, if you yes. listen to Nicole sauce on LFTN, she does a pantry audit. I don't know if it was every six months or more often than that, but for us, what are the benefits of getting organized, baby? Well, we can... Uh, um, well, how it works is that we, like, and it's not an excuse. Right, sure. But we have been... We get lazy. I mean, that's not we get lazy. Busy. No, we have actually yeah. been balls to the wall in the, like, for the past, like, six to seven months. And, like... And especially since probably two weeks before... LFTN. So yeah. the last two months have been, yeah. Yeah. And it's been, and it's, it's got to the point where like, you just kind of, um, you know, you just kind of tuck things away and you just kind of throw things here, throw things there. And then I find if it's, um, if it's too cluttered, then it, it kind of gets my anxiety going. Sure. And, and it just yeah. doesn't feel good. Right. No, it like, doesn't. Well, because it, it gets my anxiety going and, and then you get, uh, I find you get more jumpy and jittery and, and I, and it's like one of those things, like your brain doesn't turn off because you're always thinking, I got to do that. I got to do that. I got to do that. And, but like last weekend we did the front porch and we did our closets and yeah. our bedroom. And now I can go into the bedroom and actually just go to sleep. Instead of actually looking at the closet saying, holy crap, I've got to do that. I've got to do that. Oh, that looks awful. That's going to fall. Like there, there's none of that. And now the basement and like the basement's not dirty. It's just like. It's super cluttered. It's just cluttered because yeah. every time, well, cause we took down all our Christmas stuff and instead of putting it away nicely, we just kind of moved it into, moved the, storage it into room. the storage yeah. room. And, and, and like, and when you can't walk around and you can't, um, when you can't get to things, it, it, it kind of, it puts your anxiety up and, I, and it, it's not for everyone, but it, it does me. I think it affects your well-being. I think mm -hmm. it affects your med. It affects no, I don't. It affects your, your, your mental, psych mental health. That's what I'm looking yeah, for. Your Thank mental you, health. mental. It yeah. does because, like, if you if you're already an anxious person or you're really super busy and your brain is always going like like for me when you when you have the chaos in the brain and you live in chaos, it doesn't help. Right. So it, it's like you have to have it organized just so that you can function. I find organizing helps my mental health too. Yeah, no, it does mine too. We always joke about it, but you know, when I when I get stressed or overburdened, what what do I want to do? Go out to the shop and organize the shop, mm -hmm. right? And it helps because it helps reset your brain. It helps you think, and it because if you're in chaos and all of a sudden you're living around chaos and clutter it makes your brain chaotic. Right. Mm -hmm. And I really felt it cleaning, yeah. organizing the front porch and organizing our bedroom made a huge difference. Last it does. Week. And, 
and like and um you can go on a little personal note like everyone like um i i have adhd so it makes it even worse like it makes it worse for some people with adhd with regards to this because like if anybody out there has it i'll be the first one we are like the worst procrastinators in the entire world we're going to say we're going to do something. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. But it's funny. We get shit done, but we're still procrastinating. Yeah. Well, so. we'll put it off. But like, but yeah. when we actually do it, we do it. Oh, yeah. Right. We, like it just falls but to like, the wall. Yeah. Like we're just, it, it's just one of those things that you're just trying to, to organize. And you're like, and our life is already chaotic. Sure. And when I come home, I want my house to be organized so that I can leave the chaos outside. Yep. And, and it's hard to do sometimes when, houses and if you if a mess you step foot in my garage right now it's not horrible mm -hmm. but it's starting to throw up a little bit again it's oh just, well like know. if we could show people the basement it's ridiculous yeah so <laughs> it's like you know and it'll be yeah. good so our plan and here's yeah. this is for accountability and i'll post tomorrow morning to let you know but our plan is to organize the big basement room the storage room behind us and clean out so behind here there's two more closets in the storage area we're mm -hmm. going to clean them out we're going to tear them out and then we're going to cover it over. And that's going to be the final extension of my office down here. And we may, are we going to try to put some insulation and stuff in the ceiling? Tomorrow? That's totally up to you. I yeah. guess we'll just see how the day goes. Yeah, we'll see how the day goes. But the plan now is to get this uh, studio space kind of finished too, right? Well, and I want to get the whole basement done. Like, cause we've got a bathroom down here. That's like, it's kind of a bathroom slash storage, storage again, area. Yeah. And then we have um, the pantry, which we haven't set foot in our pantry probably in what two three months. It's not bad though. I did no, it. No, it's not I did bad, it while you were in England and did a good job. But so. we, I don't know if anybody has teenagers, but we have this little bit of an issue where we have teenagers that like to eat snacks, but then they leave. like to leave the empty boxes on the shelves. So we're like, oh, okay, well we've got a whole box of granola bars. You can go move that box. There's no granola bars in that box. It was just the empty box, and we. So, and they are notorious for that. And I know there's two big boxes, or there was, of the Costco chips. And there was not one friggin' bag of <laughs> chips in those boxes. And, but I, I don't buy them because the little shits leave the boxes on the shelf. So I'm thinking, okay, well, we're fine. We're supplied for them for their school lunches. And then, oh, guess what? They're all gone. Right. Yep. So, and, and, and it sucks when we do an audit. When you do, you, you go, you open up the cupboard. You're like, okay, what do we need to get them? And then we're like, oh, well, shit, we've got two great big 32 packs of granola bars. None. We don't need to get it for them. And then guess what happened? And then Alice comes down at like 10 o'clock at night. Mom, we're out of granola bars. I'm like, no, you're not. There's two big boxes in there. Oh, empty. no, those are empty. Yep. And it's like, well, and and just, just to put it in perspective for people, we have a hallway that connects to our kitchen. And I could count the paces out. It's probably about seven feet like seven steps to the from their cupboard to the garbage. So they can't actually put the cardboard in the garbage. They'd rather just leave it on the shelf. Mm -hmm. It's about seven paces. That's yeah. And that's so, what we're dealing with right now. We're going to knock it out. And that's the beauty of, mm -hmm. like I said, no Sunday, no Saturday live streams for the summer yeah. because we're, it's going to be family time. And you know what? We have a lot of fun. You and I, we, we do like, that's our thing. I know it's mm -hmm. funny, but we, we have a great time when we hang out and bust each other's balls and uh, clean things up. Well, right? and we so, have to uh, get all the PPE stuff out of the sea can. Yes. So all my Christmas stuff can go out there. Yeah. So, so that, that frees me up some more space for my studio down here. So it's yeah. one step at a time guys. And hopefully we encourage you because 
if you've got that, where is it? Right here. Um, yeah, Byron says everyone has that one room or building that's always a mess. And you're right because I would, yeah, we do, but right now it's like four rooms. Yeah. Well, it's (laughs) it's better than it was. Yeah. Yeah. But we're getting there. But yeah, you just have to pick it and do it. And it sucks because in the summer I'm always like, man, I'd really like to be outside doing something. And then, but we do these and it was good last weekend. We had fun doing it. And of course, right now, um, like was asked earlier, we don't have any fires that are near us. Right. Oh, right. But right now, the the heat is just insane right now. But um, for us, for us, we yeah. have a lot of smoke, so the heat is pushing the smoke down on us. So if you have like any like allergies or breathing issues or anything, it is actually it's very uncomfortable to be yeah. outside. And of course, like um, Charlotte has asthma, so it's a little uncomfortable for her. And it's just, uh, and of course, I'm my allergies are driving me crazy from that poplar fuzz that's going oh, yeah. around. But the smoke makes it worse, and then it makes your eyes burn, and and, and it, it's quite heavy right now. So it is, yeah. So working inside in the central air with nice clean air is it's just benefit and everybody. Speaking of which, I have to give the the uh, air conditioner cleaning. The mm-hmm. I went out and checked it today, and it is all dusted up. It went from nothing to right right solid fold so well we're so dry i know and here, it so. sucks because you don't want to turn it off right now mm-hmm. but i got to take a, a cool morning turn it off for an hour go in clean the fins out i bought some special cleaner for it that'll do the trick and then uh, i got to run a hose in there again so well you only look though because we at the daycare uh we just had a brand new central air unit put in yeah. and it was just hooked up by the electrician in april yeah. and we had a brand new furnace that was installed in october and then my, one of my, uh, well, Taylor came down. She's our supervisor upstairs. And she's like, it's not cooling down up here at all. And then in my office where the pipes run through, I was getting drips on the desk. And then when you look up, you could see big chunks of ice around the piping. And so the plumbing company came by and the whole unit was full of poplar fuzz. And then he went to the furnace and he pulled out the filter and he said it was just, it was disgusting. And he's like, well, you guys got to change your filter like every, you know, every six to eight months. And we're like, the furnace was just installed in October and the central air unit just turned on in the middle of April. Yeah. But it's only been been cycling since April. Yeah. He couldn't believe how bad it was. Yeah. It was unreal. And and it's, it's been pulling in that and it's just been, everything's Mm -hmm. been really dry. And if you've never seen that poplar fuzz before, it's pretty cool. It looks, it looks like, like snow. snow. Yeah. <laughs> looks like snow that burns. You can, I mean, don't do this now. And I'm mm-hmm. not even just pretending. But if you if you go on YouTube and look it up, you'll see people burning fields of it because it's on the grass and it just burns quickly like a line. It just goes like that. And it's really intriguing. But I it like will it. get your allergies oh. going too. Yeah, it's really. But yeah, so, so he changed all out for us and it's working beautifully today. But he he just couldn't believe how bad it was built up just for a couple months. Yeah, it's it's messed up. Yeah. Rachel wants to send the smoke back uh, from no. PA. No, you can fucking keep it. You we, can keep it. Yeah, we have no no need of that. Yeah, We've we're got the, enough I, here. So Pennsylvania is that? Yeah, yeah. So she's probably getting it from Nova Scotia, Quebec, I think. Oh, they're yeah. on fire too. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah the, they're going to have French fries. <laughs> oh dear. No, I know Nova Scotia is really getting hit hard, which is crazy because mm-hmm. in all the years, I mean, we moved out here when I was like. 32, 33. I don't remember a year that ever had any, like I remember once or twice even having fires, 
let alone like they are this year. It's bad out there. Yeah, it's really bad. So, yeah. Anyway, hopefully it clears up a bit. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the girls are flying out July 9th. So yeah, I they'll be. They're, I mean, they're, yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, are the airports still open? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, nothing's going on there yet. But, yeah, yeah hopefully, you know. But, and, uh, yeah, Martinson says the smoke's from climate change, not fires. Just ask True Dip. Uh, we, we pay carbon tax. Yeah, no, no, no. So, we, we no, sol- no. Guys, we <laughs> solved that issue. We pay carbon tax, yeah, I mean, so that's supposed to yeah. solve all the look fires. At, look at our natural <laughs> gas bill. It's like tripled. No, it's like doubled in two years. That that, that solves climate. Well, aren't you yeah. supposed to like throw your carbon tax payments at the trees and the fire and it's supposed to stop it, I right? think so. Like, I yeah. think that's what does it. Yeah. So I went out to an acreage <laughs> earlier this week and I got like three hours in the sunshine just mm. sitting on the mower. It was glorious. Allergies acting up like you're talking about. It was miserable. Mm-hmm. This week's been a busy week. Uh, knocked out four interviews in six days. That doesn't usually happen, but we had a lot of fun. Every one of them was, every one of them brought their A game too, right? Backwoods Butcher. Uh, we're gonna have Kyle back on. He was awesome. Ryan Stevia, the Homestead um, consultant. He, oh yeah, troubleshooting. That dude's made a living out of troubleshooting. And I mean, so everybody was awesome. Jeff Donaldson from Preparedness Labs. It was, it was so much fun finding him because I didn't know his story before he came on. He was just recommended to me from, you remember George Siegel from a few weeks ago, the documentary guy from Last Host Standing. Jeff, we ended up, didn't know this, we're born in the same province. And uh, so somebody, um, I wonder if I can find the comment here, but we had a, um, so there's a really nice, if you guys go on fountain.fm and you get the boostergrams, there was a really cool one there. It said, uh, <laughs> so this one came from user 512132782, you know, that one. Anyway, so this was on Jeff's and it said, impressive content. I could have listened to the accent and colloquialisms for quite a while. I loved green as a child. I loved red green as a child of the seventies. I'm on the prep road, but you will get me further along. Thanks from Ohio. I love hearing about that as well. Yes. And, um, Dan, uh, Colio, he's on here quite a bit. He said, lots of good info here, guys. Love the research driven approach to preparedness. Yes. Yeah. So I love getting boostergrams. Um, also, something else to mention, we are now an affiliate for Paul Wheaton, which is a big deal. So if you guys are picking anything up through Paul, uh, you know, and you want to, you know, support the workshop while you're doing it, we'll have affiliate links for it real soon. So I'm going to have affiliate links in the show. It'll be like a weekly thing. I'll list one of his new products that we have out. And I know everybody loves his stuff, but if you want to pick up his stuff anyway, and you want to support the workshop while we're at it, hey, I mean... And this is what happens. This is how connections are made. You go to these events, you talk to people in person, and then we figure out how everybody can make money with not without hurting anybody else, right? It's awesome. I love it. Oh, it doesn't it. So, hurt anybody. It's just clicking on a link, Absolutely, right? yeah. Sean Mills last night, guys. That was a fun episode. So we got him a lot. So he, he came into the show, and when, as we were closing up, uh, all, we talked about his Kickstarter, but... He was at 38 subscribers, and so we made it our mission last night to get him over 50 so he could live stream mobily. Well, I checked this morning, uh, just before we went live, sorry, 67. So we basically give him 30 new subscribers. Nice. Just about doubled his subscriber count. So that, guys, is the power of community in the workshop. Is that on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, it is Hack My Homestead is the name of his YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. No, so, you mentioned that at all. Yeah. yeah. And if you want it, uh, anyway, the link was in last night's show notes, and I think it's still pinned over in um, the Telegram group. So if anybody else wants to give him some support, 
Uh, we might as well shoot and try to get him to 100. But you know what? We, sure we basically not. almost doubled his subscribers. I was pretty excited about that. Uh, we got the donation sent off to Judy, which was yep. cool. She sent a message back, didn't she? She did. Just yeah. thanking and just let everybody know how much it meant to her. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That was, it was awesome. Um, next, a couple other things here, guys. So I'm looking for recommendations on a couple of things. Um, a merchandise store. I'm not sure how I want to set this up, but we have enough merch. I've had a few, rec uh, a few requests to sell individual patches. So, of course, I have leftover patches from each patch of the month. I'd like to start listing them. We have our silver. We have our customized Batrix battery cards. Oh, I've got one right here. Oh, oh, there we go. Hang oh, on. yeah, yeah. There, here. Let's show you a better one right here. Was, oh, oh, you broke it. it. Oh, yep. I broke it. No, no you didn't break no, it. No, I that didn't just break fits it. in there. Yeah, but yeah, so um, if somebody knows, yes. I'm thinking. There That's you go. Down there. Yep, there it is. I'm thinking Shopify. So if anybody has any recommend or if, whatever you're using, let me know. I just need something where I can easily add pictures because people want to get some of the stuff and I want to be mm -hmm. able to make it available to you. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be like Jack Spierko says, and we don't want to hate money, right? We want to exactly. love, we want to love money. There's nothing wrong with that. So if anybody out there's had some experience setting up a, yeah, I've heard that Byron says he's heard Shopify is good. Maybe I just need to dive into it and make some time and set up a store, but that's all. I want to be able well, to throw up the old patches and that sort of thing. You are sleeping seven hours a night. I think you could go down to five. That's true. I could probably do that. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Gunfighter says Radio Made Easy will do all that for you. He has a separate business. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing is, I probably should talk to PA Prepper first, but um, I, I just, Evan and I were just on a live stream yesterday. So um, yeah, thank you, uh, Gunfighter. I appreciate that. I'll chat with him because maybe... Maybe I can work with him on the store because PA Prepper Josh does all of my um, website work, but I don't, I don't think he does Shopify. I don't know. Anyway, we'll find out. But if Evan can give me some info, I would love it. That'd be great. Um, I should get him on a website for the daycare too. I don't know if he, or, or Josh, you mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We need to. I just haven't reached out to him. And yeah. um, Also, so I've been looking at upgrading a lot of my tech gear. We're kind of, we're ready to take the channel to the next level. And especially for my in-person interview. So as far as the mic goes, I've got that figured out. We have the wireless, uh, the Rode Wireless Go 2, but I made a mistake, which I told you. I bought the single. So yeah, it comes oh, with, yes. yeah, it comes with two pieces, one for me and one for the phone. The problem is I assumed I could buy, and you know what happens when we assume, right? That I could buy an add-on for when I wanted to. Nope, they don't sell them. So I have to rebuy a three-piece, one for me, one for my subject of my interview, and one for the phone. So I need to figure that out, if I'm going to sell my old one or what I'm going to do, but uh, it kind of sucks. So yeah. anyway, but I love the um, Jake from Ravenwood. I uh, gave me one of the best compliments ever. He said, that new microphone sounds golden. I was like, yeah, it does. So anyway, um, I had Ryan Stevie on the other night, and he was talking about um, an auto-tracking, is it a Gimbrel or Gambrel? Anyway, it's about 150 bucks, which I think I'm probably going to invest in. It's like a, a fancy tripod. And then we need to figure out the camera thing, right? Mm -hmm. I've talked about... So if somebody out there... Because talking to Ryan, he had mentioned just getting an old Samsung that you could plug SD cards into. And that may be an option. I don't know. But the other option would be a uh, camera. Um, and if anybody is using... I just don't want to break the bank on it, right? Yeah, there. Hey, Jake, good to have well, you, brother. If you're gonna, yeah, but I think if you're gonna get something, it, it should be new with a warranty, mm -hmm. and you know, like something that you're gonna hopefully get 
many like, years out of yeah. yeah because i i mean this is how the game goes right you're always upgrading eventually but mm -hmm. all of my gear lasted me three years you know the tripod my phone my base yeah even my cordless mic all lasted i mean even even this my the one we're on tonight was only upgraded recently mm -hmm. so we were basically three years in on all that original gear and it's kind of time to just up it i mean especially if i'm going to be doing in-person interviews right so yeah Mama agrees, don't you? Are you laughing at me? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm trying to convince myself. Is that what you're going to say? You should probably tell me you can only get the stuff if you can find a coupon. Yeah, that's true. I do like coupons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, and finally, so uh, I know I showed you guys this a few days ago, but the silver, I don't know. It's so hard to get that. It's the light. I know. Oh, there what? it goes. Oh, it was. Did it, it, did was it focus? Yeah, there you go. There we are. Hang on. So there are the custom one ounces. And the custom half ounces right there. There we go. So, um, like I said, I believe I have, so I thought I had a few more, but I have, I think it's 11 people on the wait list, which means we'll have nine sets left or less. So anyway, I'm going to reach out to everybody starting tomorrow, but the last few sets, I'm going to send an email out to everybody in the patch club first. But they're open game to anybody at this point. Um, so if you do want a set, let me know. Because as soon as I start reaching out to people and, <laughs> all right, gun. So I, I should have said the price. They're, they're 100 bucks, um, And I've had a few people like, oh, an ounce and a half. Well, when we bought the silver, it was a little high. But these are custom silver rounds that say the workshop on the front. On the back, they say triple uh, nine purity the year. And this is the only set of workshop rounds we're doing this year so each year we're going to do a 2023 set and yeah so it's well and then cool. you're off oh one sure of these yes for, 20 bucks right 20 we... bucks instead of the regular 25 so yeah. for 120 it's the silver and uh the battery the personalized battery so gunfighter i have you perfect okay i got you written down for it thank you very much i love doing the silver so and uh, because i'm a geek right yeah but it's also here's the thing I mean, there's no guarantee that silver is going to go up, but we've never really seen it in the long term go down, right? Mm -hmm. So I buy lots of silver. Oh, yeah, I want to show you guys something while we're at it. This is pretty cool. So anyway, it's something that already has its own value, and it, it has a bit of a personal value to all of us as well. And so eventually I want to start doing the apocalypse uh, currency of some sort. And so we may do that as a second run later on in the year. We'll do once a year. It'll be like an end of the world coin. Uh, Y2K, um, no, 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 I can't do 9-11. That would be pretty tacky. Oh, yeah. No, no, but yeah. but uh, the 2008 um, stock market collapse, you know, 2012 Mayans, that sort of thing. And you could so, do like a COVID one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. there'll be a COVID one. Don't you yeah. worry. So anyway, so we're going to do that and it'll be a, so we'll probably, we'll do individuals each. I, I don't know what we're going to do. Anyway. You it, do one with fun. like a zombie hand or well, something. Well, I thought about that, but that's very similar to those zombucks that they were doing, right? Oh, I so, suppose, yeah. But you know what? We could still do something like that. So I wanted to show you. you. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I need to fill you guys in on this. Yes. I need to do a better job of plugging this dude. Mm -hmm. His name's Ryan. I have him as Ryan, my silver guy <laughs> <laughs> in uh, telegram. Give me a second here. And it is curio bullion. I believe. I think he stepped away from, let me just see if I can find him here right quick. Uh, bullion. Curio Bullion on Instagram. I will right here, guys. He does incredible. He does one gram customs that he sells for six bucks a piece a lot as well. Here is his Instagram. And so this was a joint project. 
because I don't want to buy 100 ounces of silver. So Brian from the Lots Project and I go halves on 100 ounce brick. And then Ryan works with us on the designs and he does friggin' incredible work. So give him some support. I'm going to plug him. Him and I have actually talked about doing some collaborations together. And you know what? I want to show you guys. So let's uh, let's share this right quick so you guys can see some of his work. I never even thought to do this before. So check these out. So he does a limited. So a lot of times what he does is when, when he does the work, he keeps a percentage of the silver and it works out for everybody. And so what he does is these little custom one gram tokens. He'll make a new design each time. And I, use, I think he sells them for about six bucks a piece, but they're absolutely gorgeous. And uh, so you get the pirate ones there, some really nice pirate ones there. Uh, what's that, a bumblebee? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So his work is through the roof. So yeah, check him out. I will, I will add his Instagram link to the show notes tonight, guys, so that we have it. And then you guys can check him out. But we're going to do more work with him. This is just a start. This is the second round we've done, uh, him and I and Brian together. We did the last one was at last October. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he oh he does good work. Anyway, so I'm bragging him up. Check him out for sure. Uh, I need to thank my brother, uh, Renegade Butcher. We mm -hmm. did a little a trade in the mail, and I wanted to show these. If you haven't seen these yet, this might get really shiny, and I apologize. Yeah, I got to turn that down. Let's see here. Can you guys, I don't even know if you can, still can't really see it. So these are gold backs. You guys know I love precious metals. These are so cool. This one here is a... I believe it's a one thousandth, yeah, one thousandth ounce of gold in the form of a bill, and I got a few of those from him, and I got one five dollar gold back, which is a two hundredth ounce of gold. So anyway, I've been looking for him for a while. It was the same with the Zombucks when I uh, yeah. talked to somebody. Eventually, I found a way to do a barter through the mail, and uh, yeah, Renegade and I did a a trade where he traded me those for um, half of half of a. Uh, year subscription to the patch of the month. I donated the other half. He did it for his congratulations 50th episode. And then Aaron won it, who's already a subscriber. So we extended her for another year. So this is the type of stuff I love to do. Anybody ever wants to barter, let me know because we yeah. get some cool well, shit. Well, as long as it's mailable. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> remember I live in Canada, so yeah. there's not much. We, yeah. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, anyway. Right. Yeah. So I think that covers this week in the workshop and we only, yeah, we only did an hour so far. Mm -hmm. no. So, um, I, I got us some news stories that you don't know about Mrs. Cook. Okay. So if you guys, so, you know, we, we haven't been doing the Saturday evening show for a couple of weeks because it's summer, but we do a segment around here called stranger than fiction. It originally started, I think Letty Lou come up with the name and she might even have shared the no, I think I found the first article, but she came up with the name Stranger Than Fiction. And so we just find odd or interesting news stories, and we share them, we read them, and we uh, give you our full-blown opinion on them, don't we, hon? Yep. It's quite fun. So let's uh, let's bring this first one up here, guys. You know how much I love the news. You do. Well, here's the thing. So I don't... I've always said I don't want the show's focus to ever become the news because yeah. you don't want to get lost in it. But it's important. I like talking about some of these stories mm. that aren't the stuff that you're supposed to be focusing on. Does that does that make sense? Well, and, and just, just to put it out there too, uh, remember the other day you're like, oh, the writer's strike. 
I have yep. no clue because yeah, I do not read the news. I don't follow the news. Nothing, and I didn't even know there was a writer's strike. Apparently, I had, yeah, I had so no clue. <laughs> Hollywood, I believe the writers went on strike the first of May. So, oh shit, nobody yeah, noticed. That sucks. But anyway, yeah, no, I have. I don't follow the news at all. And uh, yeah, um, fires. Hey, Ed. Uh, I don't, I've never seen you in here before, Ed. I want to. I'm probably going to mispronounce your name, Ed Celio. Fires. He said, Dear Canada, welcome to California. I know, right? Oh, oh yeah, they're brutal. Been, yeah, you guys Al- get it. Alberta's bad really there. bad. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. So this one was a really interesting article I came across this week. I don't even I actually, uh, Jimmy Dore on YouTube. I follow him quite a bit. He's one of the few guys that I will uh, listen to his take on some of the news. And he's he's a liberal through and through, which is crazy, but he is very much pro speech, free speech, sorry. And uh, so, in experiment, Brooklyn neighborhood polices itself for five days. This is a much better headline than uh, police leaves Brooklyn neighborhood for five days, because that's one of the articles I seen. And I was like, okay. So this is an interesting concept. You guys throw in your thoughts as we go along, but you haven't heard any of this, have you, hon? No. So, uh, it's been a quiet April afternoon. About a dozen teenagers were running up an avenue, yelling and cursing. They were chasing a girl. It was clear they wanted to fight. Five plainclothes police officers watched uh, wearily. But uh, across the street stood a half dozen men, civilians in jeans and purple and gray sweatshirts. The officer looked at the other officer. He said, they got it. The teenager slowed as they spotted the men, workers from an organization called Brownsville in Violence Out, who calmly waved them in different directions. They scattered as the girl fled down the side. This brief encounter encapsulates a simple yet unorthodox concept that is at the heart of a bold experiment organizers believe could redefine law enforcement in New York, letting neighbors not the police, respond to low-level street crime. What do you think about that so far, Mrs. Cook? Well, I think it's probably a recipe for disaster because... Do you think it could be any worse than the cops, though? Well, the problem is, though... Okay, the recipe for disaster... Okay. Is there any police in your thing that I'm going to offend. Okay. No, you go ahead. Well, I mean, okay. don't you don't need to, whatever. <laughs> so, There's, okay, so, you know what, we all have our so opinions. When, it's okay. And, and like, and I have friends that are police officers, yeah. but, but I find if a police officer does something wrong, chances of them going to jail are really slim to know. All right. Chances of them getting fired, but they still collect their pension is probably a lot higher. So if something stupid happens where a police officer accidentally kills shoots something okay yeah they did it on they try to prove that they did it on purpose chances are he's not going to go to jail regardless okay but if you've got neighbors policing for low level street crime crime as they claim that's that could be a recipe for disaster because what if all of a sudden this low level street crime they turn it into something that's a little bit more violent and someone ends up getting shot and killed then these neighbors are going to go to jail. You know what I mean? They're not going to have the protection that the police have. So it's like, like, and do you think for, and like, and the cops are like, oh, well, they've got it. They've got it. But the problem <laughs> is, is that they got it until one of them pulls out a gun and kills somebody. And then the police are going to get involved anyway. So, right. Okay. So here, here's my thoughts. I, yeah. when I first read the article, I thought, Oh, I, that that sounds hokey to me at the best of it. And then I started reading it and I'm like, you know what? There's a bit of anarchy in here in, in the good sense because, okay, 
So there was another article I read today mm -hmm. about a guy who was getting lippy with a manager at McDonald's in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. And it happened. He was having a bad... Not in Edmonton. I know. So he was having a bad day. So yeah. uh, plain clothes or something, a cop seen him. The cop come over and got lippy with the dude. Yeah. And he said, pull over here and park. The cop had no reason to arrest the guy. The yeah. guy was a bit belligerent. Here's the deal. The cop said, I'm putting handcuffs on you. And when he started putting handcuffs on him, he then put the guy in a headlock, yep. threw him to the ground and punched him in the face 10 times. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> the guy defended himself and they were trying to arrest him or charge him with, um, what do you call, uh, assaulting a police officer. Mm -hmm. The cops let it go and said that the, the cop didn't have a right to, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. But, but again, yep. you got to look at those important words. Sure. Edmonton. Oh yeah. In Canada. Yep. All right. Doesn't happen like that down in the States. Well, it can. But it can. Yeah. But from any stories that you read about police officers, how often do they end up going to jail? Oh, yeah. No, All very. Right? And no, how I, often do, like, do but, they get fired? Yeah. But they don't lose their pensions. But they also right? said like, in this article that it never happens in Canada either. This is the yeah. first time that that's ever been done. But yeah. I just. So here's my thing. I love the idea of keeping the popo out of this low level shit. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of the community. Now. Could it get out of hand? Yeah, it could. But we see it all the time. It gets out of hand with the cops too, right? Well, but I think this is probably going to be one of those things where somebody's going to ruin it for everybody. And it might, and, it may happen. And, and that's the, that's but what just I'm saying, though, somebody like, fucks it up doesn't mean they have to do away with it, right? No, but, but the problem is though, I would be scared to death to be one of these guys because how do you know something, like I said, like if, um, so if there's a group of them and they're chasing, uh, and they're chasing a criminal, and like I said, like, and then one of them gets out of hand, then they're all going to be responsible for the death or the, or the damage done to this criminal. And they're going to be charged for it. Right? Sure. So and I, like, I, I would imagine. So, here, okay, let's go into it a little further. Yeah. So several times a year, workers from Brownsville in violence out stand sentry on two blocks for five days. Police channel all 911 calls from that area to civilians, unless there's a major incident or a victim demands an arrest. Officers always in plain clothes shadow the workers. So the cops are off in a distance. But what I like about this is it's more of a, a sit down and not a sit down and discuss, but it, it's like instead of going to court, you go to mediation. You know what I yeah, mean? But the problem is, though, they're trying to say that they're keeping the cops out of it, but the cops are shadowing the workers. So the cops are still there. But the cops aren't like, supposed to get involved unless it gets fine. I understand. I know. I don't yeah. believe that for one minute. So the civilians have no arrest powers but they have persuaded people to turn in illegal guns, prevented shoplifting, kept a man from robbing a bodega, stopped a pregnant woman from hitting a boyfriend who had not bought a car seat in a stroller as he promised. So some good things are happening because just think about every time the, I mean, so here, yeah. and here's what we always say. Every time you send a cop after somebody, you're pointing a gun at them, mm -hmm. right? In, in theory. So each time this pregnant woman, uh, the man robbing a bodega, shoplifters, whatever, every time they, they send the civilians after them, you're not pointing a gun at them, right? No, but so, you're getting civilians involved with things yeah, that probably they don't need to be involved with. Here's the thing. The civilians choose to do it, right? It's their yeah. choice. So they're part of a safety alliance, a group of neighborhood and city groups, police officers and members that are trying to ensure fewer people are arrested and entangled in the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. As the men and women watch out for trouble, agencies offering services such as free childcare, addiction recovery, 
sit at folding tables, distributing pamphlets, and luring passerbys with games, stress balls, and pens. Mm. <laughs> anyway, oh, so I'd go talk for a pen. They're trying to make a community deal out of it, right? Yeah. The efforts mirror others that have sprung up after demonstrations swept New York and much of the country to protest George, uh, the killing of George Floyd. They're meant to modulate the use of officially sanctioned force using a neighborhood's innate desire for order as a tool. And I like that. So mm. here's the definition of what they are. They are meant to modulate the use of officially sanctioned force. And I am a fa I am in favor of every time they modulate officially sanctioned force out of anything, using a neighborhood's innate desire for order as a tool. I don't know. I would love, mm. I think, and of course, then they find people that say, we feel way less anxious, and, you know, but that's the part of the story I wanted to talk about for sure. Mm -hmm. Um Haas says two things. Haas says, sounds good. They need to bring back ass whipping too. Mm. <laughs> Notice back in the day, the kids respected everyone, not anymore. And then oh, yeah. Haas says, here we have a program called court diversion. If they complete it, the charges are dropped. Mm. And I can, li I like that kind of thing, you know? Um, absolutely. Well, let's see what we got here. Is that the, um, yeah. So, and then of course they do what the news does and they go find somebody who makes it sound like it's absolutely the best thing in the world. And then they find somebody who's the exception to the rule. Right. Mm -hmm. But I like the concept of it. I mean, do you think it could work? I don't know. I know you're pessimistic about it, right? But yeah, I am. I just, I just think that I, I think it's going to get a lot of do-gooders in trouble. Sure. And maybe, right. I don't know, maybe that maybe they'll have to, I, but they get to make their choice. Right. Mm -hmm. So similar programs are underway in Oregon, Denver, New York, and other places. According to the Center for American Progress, a left-leaning, that's really weird that they say that, a left-leaning think tank, the group has estimated that almost 40% of calls to police could be handled by community responders. So no matter where you, yeah. That's Brennan, a high percentage. It is. And, and again, it's a left-leaning think tank. They use those words. But even if 10% of those could be diverted that's how many less people that end up with their life ruined because they go to jail but the problem is so looking like, at the end of a gun from but a even when it says like they stopped a, a shoplifter and somebody robbing up a bodega and everything like that like they're putting themselves in danger as well and they're not trained for that like they're not like what what if the guy robbing the bodega was strung out on crack and all of a sudden decided he wanted to open fire and start shooting them oh yeah right like that so like that's what i mean like they're not trained to properly handle those situations. Oh, I I, like, I agree. I mean, hey, if they want to take it upon themselves to, to get training, whatever, right? But I don't know. Anyway. It kind of reminds, it kind of sounds like a little bit of a neighborhood watch. Yeah, well, here, yeah, yeah, here's a couple here. So Haas says, I used to be a patrol leader for the Guardian Angels for 10 years. They need to bring back neighborhood watch. There you go. Mm -hmm. People need to get involved. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the community getting involved, you know? No. Hey, Chicken Hawk, good to have you, brother. He says, the more it works, the more the government will get involved. Then it won't work anymore. You're exactly. right, Hawk. I understand. You no, know. And, and it's true because, like, they claim that the police aren't there, but the police are there. Mm -hmm. And and you know darn well if these community members are doing something that they don't like, they're going to get involved. Oh, yeah. And So, like, there's never going to be them on their own handling the situations. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... I, honestly, it kind of sounds like to me that the police are using them as punching bags before they get involved. And it could be. So, uh, like, I'll hey, take that. here, you go. here, this guy's robbing the bodega. Oh, but we forgot to tell you that he's schizophrenic and he's off his medication and he has like 
uh, four guns and two knives. But here, go go see if you can get the guns from him. And if he shoots you, then we'll get involved. That's what it kind of feels like. Is that they're using point. them as a, a like a punching bag first? Renegade says the cops kill innocent people all the time. They are trained to protect themselves, themselves, and time and time again, judges really have no duty to protect citizens. And mm -hmm. it's true. So maybe here's my thing. Maybe having some community enforcement will inspire people to want to protect the citizens. You know what I mean? I mean, these dudes, at least for whatever else you want to think about them, are there to try to defuse the situation so somebody doesn't end up. Well, that's what I mean. Though. Yeah. No, I get the it. Cops are sending them in to defuse a situation that they know nothing about. Mm -hmm. Like these guys don't have now, they, the training. They do have some training, though, because they are a group that does this, right? They're called the, yeah, we, we read their name, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Brownsville in Violence Out. That's the name of it. So I know, I get it, I get I it. I can and slap a name on me too and say I have training from watching a couple things. And, and I'll bet CSI, you it's government right? funded like, too, so. Yeah, but that's, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I just think that these these people think they're doing good and that people are going to get hurt and then it's just going to shut If this right one up. got you worked up, wait for the next one. You'll oh, like boy. this one a lot. So, and uh, Haas agrees with you, Mrs. Cook. So, mm -hmm. And I, I don't disagree with you. I, I, it's just fun to... Yeah, you know. yeah, no, I think it is true. Oh, boy, guys. Everybody's going to love this headline. Are you ready for this, hon? Oh, I love chat, GPT. I know. So, okay. <laughs> this is, I don't even know where to, you guys are going to love it. And it's originally from the Washington Post. So, yeah, the, the Baghdad. No, anyway. So, chat GPT took their jobs. Now, <laughs> they walk dogs and fix air conditioners. What's wrong with that? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Are they implying that... Walking dogs and fixing air conditioners is a shitty way to live. I don't know. I don't think What's so. What's wrong with that? They're making money. Yeah. So here we go. You guys ready for this? It's going to be fun. This is a really cool picture here. This dude is looking longingly Out outside the window, the window. With his whole family of plants. Thinking right? about how he has to go walk dogs now, I think. So this is a really Jeez, good picture. So. That's a dream job. I know. So when oh. ChatGPT came out last November, okay. Olivia, a 25-year-old copywriter in San Francisco, didn't think too much about it. Then, articles about how to use the chatbot on the job began appearing on internal Slack groups at her work, where she worked as the only writer for the company. Over the next few months, her assignments dwindled. Managers began referring to her as Olivia ChatGPT on Slack. In April, she was let go without explanation. I don't believe that. But when she found... Well, here you go. Wait, <laughs> yeah. When she found... Uh, but when she found managers writing about how using chat gpt was cheaper than paying a writer the reason for her layoff seemed clear so oh hey just going to show ed out right quick ed ed silio Celio said subscribed yesterday found you at soe lftn live stream i like what i'm seeing we'll see what i can add to the conversation <laughs> we love having you and the other cool thing is you got a picture of a dog so we automatically yes. love you so it's great <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so Renegade says, tell them we want ChatGPT to walk dogs and fix air conditioners too. See what they say. Well, then they'll just say we need universal basic income. So Yeah, well, walking dogs, what's wrong with that? Dogs are awesome. But, right? like, hey, Jason, he said my second favorite snow Mexicans. That's only because he's known Ed longer. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I appreciate but I wish brother. I could like fix an air conditioner too. Imagine how much money he'd make. He's my that. favorite. Jason's my favorite moonshiner. Okay. Yeah, he makes beautiful moonshine. So, uh, Haas says when funding permitted back in the 80s, 90s, law enforcement had a program called COPS Community. Yeah, there's still stickers around here about that, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> oh man, guys, I think Renegade wins the uh, the internet tonight. <laughs> so, Renegade just said, I bet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he said, I bet. <laughs> Sorry. He said, I bet ChatGPT wrote her layoff letter and it gave a reason. 
Well, and, and you know what though, like going back I to it, laugh at that, that yeah. that's her, that's her first problem. Right. Go back up to the top. Okay. Where is it? Here? Uh, yeah. Worked as the company's only writer. Mm-hmm. That right there, man. Like, but that's your first problem. Like, why would you it, put I, all your eggs in one basket? I like think that? this implies that she was also using Chat GPT for her job. Well, then so, she was cheating. But, yeah. What? No. Well, she wasn't. But <laughs> no. Whatever. Yeah. So no, but, she was let go without explanation. That that's a lie. Whenever people yeah. brought up Chat GPT, I felt insecure and anxious that it would replace me. She said. And so instead of doing something about it, I said, oh, sorry, no, I, I, I interjected. Now I actually had proof that it was true, that those anxieties were warranted. And now I was actually out of a job because of AI. Artificial intelligence has rapidly increased in quality over the past year, giving rise to chatbots that can hold fluid conversations, write songs, produce computer code. In a rush to mainstream the technology, companies are pushing these products to millions of users and offering them for free. Some economists predict the technology could replace hundreds of millions of jobs in a cataclysm, oh my God, a cataclysm reorganization of the workforce mirroring the industrial revolution. Skeptics say that the fear of job losses is overblown and that AI chatbots will become aids allowing people to work faster. And what's wrong with that? Yeah, I know. If they only needed one writer, they probably didn't need a writer. Exactly. You're right, Renegade. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, that's your first problem. Kind of reminds me of the Twitter offices before Elon Musk took over. <laughs> exactly. Hi, guys. I'm here to show you a day in the life of a Twitter worker. So I had a latte. Yeah. I sat in a private booth for a few minutes. Did nothing. Had a nap. Did nothing. I had a nap. And then I went and did yoga. <laughs> and uh, whew, it was a long day. So whew, we got a lot done. Exactly. That's exactly yep. what it turns out to be. Yeah, Chicken Hawk says, "Can I use ChatGPT to write uh, write to my notice?" Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I've actually used ChatGPT, and it's actually oh, I love. Well, you it's guys, in, yeah, it's incredible. They know I've yeah, I yeah. use it a lot for uh, show prep. I love it. Oh, it's you know? incredible. I love it. For some workers, the impact is real. Those that write marketing and social media content are finding themselves in the first wave of people being replaced with tools like chatbots, seemingly able to produce plausible alternatives. Hmm. Experts say that even advanced AI doesn't match the writing skills of a human. It lacks the personal voice <laughs> and style, and it, awful, and it often churns out wrong, nonsensical, or biased answers. But for many companies, the cost-cutting is worth the drop in oh, quality. Oh, somebody sounds jaded. I, I just, I don't get it, right? So... We need, you, you have no choice. Yeah. It's like the people that say, I will not go to a self-service checkout at Walmart. Well, guess what? Yeah. In a couple more years, it's going to be the only checkout at Walmart. But and then you, it's also the same people that are like, we need self-service checkouts. Mm -hmm. We need this. We need but this. And like, I, I just got to tell you, there was a guy back in the day who used to say, I will never get on an elevator without a man standing in there to push the buttons ever. <laughs> Right? What did they call them? A bellhop? Not a bellhop, but a, a, whatever the elevator guy Just was. Just an elevator operator, I think, yeah. wasn't it? So, I mean, I'll never self-service an elevator, right? Like, that, that. how stupid do they sound now, right? Mm -hmm. Or, I will never drive one of them new horseless carriages. <laughs> I mean, I'll never do it. Well, guess what? Then you're going to lose out because do I love it? Do I hate it? Doesn't matter. Because you know what? The invention of cars, lots of people have died in vehicles, but you can't deny the world's a better place because of it. We're real. We're really in a crisis point. Yes, oh, please. Here we go. You guys will appreciate this. We're really in a crisis point, said an associate professor at University of California oh in God. L.A., specializing in digital labor. AI is coming for the jobs that were supposed to be automation proof. Okay. Nothing's automation proof. No, I, th I think eventually there, there isn't, but here it is. Okay. So 
Haas says it will get rid of lazy ass workers for sure. Exactly. I think what it'll get rid of is people who aren't willing to pivot either, right? So, and, and it's okay. I had um, Jeff Donaldson on the other day. He's got a PhD in emergency uh, management response. And he talked about how every, I believe it was 70 or 80 years, there is a big disruption in the community, in people, in society. And he said, we're seeing it now. You know, who knows if it'll be 10 or 20 years, but AI is going to be the big disruptor. The people that can pivot and deal with it are going to do better. And the people that uh, write articles for Yahoo News are probably going to be out of a job. So I. Oh, and they might have to go walk dogs and fix air conditioners. But, Imagine well, that's that. not. We literally made our. I'm not going to call it a fortune. We literally made our lives off of that kind of shit, right? Yeah. But no, because you know what it means. It means that they're going to have to get out of their ass, off their asses, away from their desks, sure. and they're actually going to have to go outside and actually do something. I know. Like they're going to have to walk. They're going to have to actually talk to people. They're going to have to maybe get their hands dirty. And I don't know. Here we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, Porterhouse. Good to have you, brother. I was just talking about you last night. I tell that story about you grabbed me a bottle of water and how much I appreciate it again. <laughs> I know that story will never get old. I know it's so simple, but it meant a lot to me. In a couple of years, Walmart will mail shit to your front door and you won't have the option for self-checkout. That's a good point. They'll probably just be glorified fucking warehouses at that point. Yeah. Well, be I like get, another Amazon. Well, I get like, well, just today I got the cat food, the cat litter, Yep. Uh, the puppy pads, and we had baby wipes shipped from Costco. That all came, yeah. yeah. They have all come to the house. Like, and, and it's not that I don't like going to the stores. It's just well, honestly, we don't. <laughs> well, no, like, yeah. no, I love Costco. I do. But last time we were in Costco, how long, like, how long were those lineups? Oh, yeah. Like, all the way to the back. And just, I'll put a little story out there about the self checkout. Yeah. So, if anybody, I don't know if it's like this in the States, but if anybody goes to Costco in Canada, they have, they have self checkouts, then they have the regular cashiers. Nowhere in that store does it say how many items you are allowed to take to the self-checkout, okay? It never says that. So my sister and I were in there, and we had a half a cart. It It looked like a full cart, but we had big boxes on the bottom, right? So I'm just doing my own thing. I'm minding my own business. I'm checking out my groceries. One One lady comes over to me, and she says, you can't come in here. You have too much stuff. I said, listen, the lady behind me who works here just told me I could. She's seen how much stuff I had. Then as I'm minding my own business, scanning my groceries, I'm not complaining about how much I have to scan. We don't give a shit. We're, it, it's just what we like to do. Then a guy comes over and he goes, you can't scan that many groceries here. You can't do that. A bunch of busybodies. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, well, for starters, dude, this is a self-checkout. Why the hell are you even here? Because if you're here... This isn't a self-checkout. Start You start scanning my groceries then if you have a problem with me scanning my own stuff. But he stood there and I told him, I said, listen, we are fine. <laughs> we don't need your assistance. We can do this. And that little shit ran over and got a manager. And then the manager comes over and she starts giving me shit about how much stuff I'm scanning. But they one of the workers sent you to it, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I stopped scanning my groceries and I'm usually... I, I kind of just like, whatever, but I I've done at this point, I looked right at her and I said, listen, the amount of time that I am spending here talking to you, trying to explain that I don't give a shit how many groceries I'm scanning. I could have been done by now. You're wasting my time. Now this is a self checkout. If I want to come through here with three carts, that is my business. 
but as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to stand there and waste my time, then grab the friggin' scanner gun and start scanning the damn groceries so I can get the hell out of here quicker. If not, go back to your desk and leave me the hell alone. Her face went red. She walked back over to the desk. You know what? You know how long it took us to scan those groceries? 12 minutes. Sure. That's all it took. But how and long that did was it take because to deal with incompetence. Yeah, yeah. But it took us, it shouldn't, it wouldn't have taken us 12 minutes if I didn't have to stop and speak to three different people because they were wasting my time when I'm just trying to get through the store. It's okay. No, I'm well, serious. I know, I'm that really pissed me yeah, off. Like, I know, baby. I know. And same, and then the other day when I was in Walmart with Amy, the self-checkouts, because we go to the self-checkout because the lineups are ridiculous, okay? We went through the self-checkout and be Oh, didn't a cashier come over to us at the self-checkout asking if we wanted to sign up for a MasterCard? Yeah, I know. You go We're, there. We go there so I don't have to talk to you and make small talk because I want to get in and out really quickly. If I want to sign up for a credit card, I'll go online and sign up for a credit card. I'm at the self-checkout because I don't want to talk to you. And then you're coming over to me asking me if I want to sign up for a MasterCard. Yo. I love you. Yep. Martinson okay. family says I usually have a big fuck off handy for people like that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Haas said I would have left the stuff and walked out in Porterhouse. Yeah, this is so there are a lot of homeless and scumbags just walking out with paying at big box stores. And there's a serious push in Cali to move toward online shopping. It's all going to push it that way. It's, it's sad. actually. Well, it's going to move to online shopping if you keep getting harassed at mm -hmm. self-checkout from three different employees. Obviously, they have way too much time. You know what? The lineups are cross the damn store, go open up a till and start shortening your lines and leave me the hell alone. That's what it is. And, and like, I have never seen, and I refuse to go back to that Costco and it is the Costco in Sherwood park in Alberta. And you know what you, somebody hashtag them and, and tag them in this video because <laughs> that Sherwood park Costco is a joke. That is the third time I've had an issue at that. I one. keep telling you not to go back. I'm never going back there again, ever. So it yes. says industrial plants and factories have been dominated by robots for much of the 20th century and countless office tasks have been replaced by software. No shit. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Hey, we just Kyle must his ears must have been burning. We're talking about backwards butcher. Good to have you, brother. But the recent wave of generative AI, uh, blah, 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 has the potential for a new stage of disruption. Totally <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm, yeah, I get hot under the collar. Seriously, tag Costco Sherwood Park because they are a joke. So, yeah, the recent wave of AI, which uses <laughs> complex or uh, whatever, the technology's ability to churn out human-sounding pros puts highly paid knowledge workers in the crosshair for replacements. In every previous automation threat, the automation was about automating the hard, dirty, dirty repetitive jobs, said Ethan Mollick. This time, the automation threat is aimed squarely at the highest earning, most creative jobs that require the most educational background. Incorrect. Um, because that copywriter would not have been the highest earning, most creative or, no. you know, now are, are there parts of that that's correct? Possibly, but I think that's stretching it. Goldwyn Sachs predicted 18% of work worldwide could be automated by AI with white collar workers, such as lawyers at more risk than those in trade, such as construction or maintenance. And again, when times get tough in the oil patch, who were the workers that got laid off? Mm. It was always the white collar workers first. Yeah, the hardest working ones. Yeah. No, 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 the no, white, no, no, the white collar or the office people because they. Yeah, well, I yeah. know, but the problem is that they were laying off the hardest working ones. Well, day. they would go too. Yeah. Yeah, like occupations for which a significant share of workers' time is spent outdoors or performing physical labor cannot be automated by AI. There you go, guys. There's the opportunity. We are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 
12 paragraphs in until we found the opportunity. There it is. Occupations for which a significant share of workers' time is spent outdoors or performing physical labor, which is not attractive to lots of workers who are getting replaced by AI, cannot be automated by AI. The White House has also sounded the alarm, saying in a December report that AI has the potential to automate non-routine tasks, exposing large new swaths of the workflow force to disruption. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe some of these white collar workers need to go out and work because even coming from an oil field perspective, perspective like because I was the dis, I was a dispatcher and dispatchers are the the main contact for the jobs. Right. Now they were laying off all the dispatchers, but the guys in the office that basically stand around and do nothing but go out for dinners and book golfing tours and everything like that. They weren't getting laid off. Yep. No, I right. Know. And the- you know what? And if they have to make a whole story and they're feeling threatened, then maybe they need to realize what they're doing wrong. Well, it's the same. So, I mean, here, the, the people writing these articles should feel a little threatened too. Yeah, so well, Eric ran his content writing business for 10 years, charging $60 an hour to write everything from 150 word descriptions of bath mats to website copy for cannabis companies. The 34-year-old from Bloomingdale, Illinois, built a steady business with 10 ongoing contracts, which made up half his annual income and provided a comfortable life for his wife and two-year-old son. Yes, I get it. It sucks. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal. If you can't make $60 an hour doing labor, if you can't go out and install air conditioners for $60 an hour, you've got a problem because you should be able to. It may not right away, but here's the thing. Okay, go get, you know, what are you going to charge to walk the average dog? $20 $20 for an hour. So if you can walk five dogs at one time, there's your $100 an hour. Or three dogs, you've made $60 an hour. So I'm pretty sure he could find another job doing something else. Yeah. Like, like, and I, and I totally like content writing business. Like it is what it is, but you know what? That's what I said about putting all your eggs in one basket. Right. Why is that the only thing he's been doing? So he received the note from his largest client. His services would no longer be needed because the company would be transitioning to JetGPT. One by one, his nine other contracts were canceled. It wiped me out. Now I get it like this. So this dude didn't really do anything wrong. No. He's just part of the system. And and so it wiped me out. He said he urged his clients to reconsider, warning that ChatGPT couldn't write content with his level of creativity. Yes, sir. Anyway, so he said his clients understood that, but they they told him it was far cheaper to use ChatGPT than his hourly wage. Uh, He was rehired by one of his clients out of the 10 who wasn't pleased with ChatGPT's work, but it isn't enough to sustain him and his family. But they do have, and I I really, I wanted to highlight this because this is really cool. They do have a little over six months of financial runway before they run out of money. So they were doing something right, you know? Mm -hmm. So... Fine. And here it is, guys. This is the difference between the lady who sat there and was anxious and lost her job. Fine has decided to pursue a job that AI can't do. He has enrolled in courses to become an HVAC technician. Next year, he plans to train to become a plumber. Now, see, that is a good step. Right. So look at this. This is the the one lady sat there and was anxious and, you know, haven't said anything else yet. Right. Mm-hmm. But here in these two lines, Fine has decided to pursue a job that AI can't do. Yeah. Perfect. He's seen a problem. He engineered around it. He's taking HVAC and next year he's going to become a plumber. Which he'll make more than $60 an hour doing those. Yes. Like a be- trade is more future proof. That is a great line from that article. Yeah. Well, and it's true because like, and honestly, he's just going to come out ahead because mm-hmm. plumbers make incredible money. Right? Absolutely. He'll do great. Um, <laughs> 
Chicken Hawk says, until AI has watched every episode of MacGyver, it's worthless. <laughs> so it says, uh, robots, let's see where we, the articles, they always just get fluffy at the end. It drives me nuts. Um, so yeah, and so th there it is. That, that was an example of two people that lost their jobs. We could go further into this article, but the last two or three paragraphs is just them interviewing people at this point. But so there you go. There was two people who lost their jobs. One dude found the, the solution. The other lady well, set back. Well, and, the ladies like, um, right here, she's like right, starting yeah. a job as a dog walker. Why didn't she go to school and become a nurse? Right. But you know what? Like, a dog you can't walker, replace nurses. Yeah. So, uh, right. the copywriter who discovered she's being replaced is reconsidering office work altogether. She initially got into content marketing so she could support herself while she pursued her own creative writing, but she found the job burned her out and it made her hard to write for herself. Now she's starting a job as a dog walker. You know what? Nothing wrong with that. No, but Go here's the thing. Take something. If you read these articles, they're hopeful, mm -hmm. right? But here, but that to me, that doesn't read like a hopeful title, right? Yeah. The Washington post chat GPT. Let, let's, um, let, let me reword this headline. Technology does what technology did. Now people have to settle for meaning, menial blue-collar jobs. That read between the lines, that's what the Washington Post is staying there, saying mm -hmm. there, right? Uh, technology's evil. Now people have to work for a living. And you know what? And um, fixing air conditioners is not a menial job. No, it's a... Like, it is... It's like, a trade. It's a trade. Yeah. And we have a company around here that fixes air conditioners, and those guys never stop no even during the winter they're doing furnaces and air conditioners they are they never stop they're always going even on saturday and sunday they're always going so like he's gonna wake make a lot more than 60 dollars an hour so uh, I, I trust renegade butcher a lot he's always on the leading edge of technology mm -hmm. so kyle i would be very nervous he says he's happy that he throws dead animals for a living renegade says there's a butcher bot coming out right now <laughs> he says wait until butcher bot comes out kyle so yeah Gunfighter says, is it really artificial intelligence if a human has created or programmed it? Hmm. I mean, it, artificial intelligence is technically an oxymoron at this point. But, you know, at, at what I don't know what the exact date was that Skynet became sentient. But uh, from that point on, they took care of the Skynet, nukes, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, there you go, Renegade. Yeah, so Renegade says it's like everybody sitting in a cubicle pushing buttons for a living doesn't do anything. We always used to say that in the oil mm -hmm. patch that almost every job in the office was a make work project except and that's the why they were the first ones to go yeah except for the and i can attest to that firsthand when i was when i was working taking phone calls doing 12-hour shifts all the head honchos are just standing around practicing with with, with uh with their coffee. coffee mugs and then they have like those little um office putt-putt games yeah. They would set it up by the door. They really would, eh? Yeah, they oh would. And God. they would practice their putting. And then they would go out for lunch. And then they would come back. And then after lunch is when the bottle of scotch would come out. And they would dump it in their coffee. And then they would just kind of stand around there holding their cups like this. And these were the ones that were making $250,000, $300,000 a year. And that's all they were doing. Yep. And honestly, I wasn't sad to see them go. No. I really wasn't. Renegade says Washington Post or the WAPO is butthurt because chat GPT will replace all their jobs. <laughs> Good. True story, brother. Maybe they'll have write better stories. <laughs> Martinson says every tradesman can usually get started working in another trade if things dry up. Specialty, i.e. a framer hiring or just an electrician's apprentice. And it's mm -hmm. true. And and trades make <laughs> incredible income. Yes. And uh, Kyle says, I'm not scared of artificial intelligence when I have mediocre intelligence. <laughs> 
Fair enough, brother. Okay, so I'm going to give you a choice. You get to pick the next article. Uh, fax machines, UFOs, or deep freezes. Oh, man. None of them sound really interesting. Oh, just pick one. Um, well, I'm not huge into UFOs, so okay. we could do without that one. Um, fax machines? It's a pretty cool article. All right, we're going to do fax machines, okay. guys. Here we are. So this is something I didn't know. You're going to learn something. Oh, yes. I talked oh, about this We were talking bit. about this the other day. Yeah. We're not? Yeah. So the title, this one comes from the Al Jazeera News Network, but this okay. the article's everywhere. Fax machines in cash-only stores. Japan struggles to go digital. Japan's economy is in many ways stuck in the past, despite the, the country's futuristic image abroad. Uh, so, says a uh, fifth-generation owner of a restaurant, he says, I do have some customers who ask to pay with a credit card saying they don't have cash. I tell them to go to the convenience store to get out the money from the ATM. This restaurant was first opened in 1914. Despite the growing popularity of cashless payments worldwide, this guy has no plans to change anytime soon. It's not necessary because we're comfortable with what we have, explaining that things have been done the same way as his family-run business since old times. So Japan's very traditional, right? Mm -hmm. says, if I think about it, and this is really funny because we... Everybody, I always think of Japan as like this futuristic city, right? Or this uh, country, sorry. He says, if you think about it, it's kind of weird, but I never thought about it. He says, his preference is typical among most of his countrymen. While cashless payments in Japan more than doubled over the last decade, hitting 36% in 2022, the proportion lags far behind its regional peers, such as South Korea and India, where most transactions are cash-free. Now, in Japan's enduring love of cash is just one example of East Asia's sluggishness toward digital. Japan immortalized in the Western imagination is futuristic society due to sci-fi, yet the world's third largest economy in many other ways remains firmly stuck in the past. This is where it's really cool, guys. I hadn't heard this, and it kind of reminds me of the Canadian government a little bit, maybe. So... Many Japanese government services are still not accessible online and rely on paper forms or a visit to a local government office. Fax machines are often used at workplaces instead of emails, and physical seals are preferred over digital signatures. Oh, that's Hank. Henko. Henko? Did you Henko. know that? I'd never heard of that, that before. Yeah, that, I think that's, it's like a, a pen that they carry around. It's like their seal when they sign things and everything. Which is kind of cool, and I right? Think, I think it's really cool. And, um... I had uh, friends of friends that lived over in Japan and they got their seal when they moved over and they can, so they go around and it's like a, like a family name seal or something. I love it. I mean, yeah, I it, think it's, it is really It cool. reminds me of, you know, the medieval, like Henry yeah. VIII, when they would send a letter from the king and it would be sealed with his wax yeah. seal, right? No, it is really cool. And like, it just shows how um, trustworthy they are, right? So... So Japan's digital agency, the government body responsible for the leading the digital transformation, has estimated that 1900 inter this is awesome intergovernmental procedures still rely on antiqui antiquated oh my god I can't talk today storage technology such as CDs mini discs mini discs I haven't had a mini disc since 2001 or floppy disks this reminds me of a physical seal or a sea lion hunt. This reminds me of when Trump took office and he did away with Y2K compliance reports from mm. the IRS or whatever, CIA, whatever it was. It was pretty funny. During This is a great part of the story. During the COVID-19 pandemic, a local official made news after he, 
He sent a floppy disk containing citizens' information to a local bank to distribute relief payments, resulting in a mix-up that saw one resident get $331,000. Bye. He says it's (laughs) because their coins are so cool. Yeah. In the latest, uh, yeah. so Japan is 29 out of 63 economies for digital competitiveness. So they're right in the middle, even though we think they're like right up there. So, and here, this this is kind of the summary of why that's the case. So uh, Martin Schultz, chief policy, anyway, said Japan's dependence on aging systems was in part due to its success at achieving world-class efficiency using analog technology. I thought this was kind of cool. So here it is. When your train systems work like clockwork on the second to replace them with a digital system that would achieve the same results, but would have enormous transfer costs without adding any gains, the calculation is very different than when you have a rather messy system you need to clean up. What do you think about that, baby? I don't know. Like, I think they're they're going to... I mean, they're going to have to... They're going to do it. Sure. Like... But like, to be I, so much further behind the rest of the world is kind of interesting, isn't well, it? Well, I I think, well, Japan probably, like, obviously it seems like there's more behind with the older population. Right. Right? But I, honestly, like, why fix something that's not broken? Well, like, and, and if, that's, that. The, this article's kind of summed up in that paragraph, yeah. you know? They have train systems that run on analog timers mm-hmm. that are like clockwork to the second. So... But I if get it, it. If it works for them, right? Leave them alone. It doesn't yeah. affect. Yeah, us, there's no right? need that they need to train. No. You know, it's just funny. Yeah, uh, no, it is. But but like you know, but I just I don't know. If it's not broken, don't fix it. And like I'm sure they're going to eventually because Japan, like their country, has all kinds of money. The, so they're claiming the Ministry of Economy is claiming that if they don't fix their digital cliff they're going to end up costing businesses $86 billion a year. I don't know how they figure that. I don't know how they yeah. figure that. Because, like, you know, it's the same thing. If you don't fix this by Y2K, all your things going to die, right? Like, come on. Japanese Prime Minister has pledged $42 billion to improve mm-hmm. digital infrastructure. Good old, leave it to the government to spend money. Oh, yeah. Retaining a position. Uh, they've to, got uh, money, uh, though. Yeah. yeah they're, I, I don't think Japan's hurting for a lot of their stuff. But, but honestly, like... Um, it's funny though because like it, it obviously does work for them. Sure. And um, I don't know who I called the other day. I can't remember who it was. And she said, "Fax me over um, whatever it was." And I and I said to her on the phone, "I'm like, did you seriously just say fax?" I said, "Who faxes anymore?" <laughs> was she serious? She was serious. And I'm like. But- I don't even have a fax. Like I, I said, I'll scan to email it to you. And do you remember like, the time you sent the article, the letter? You scanned a letter to the government, and they wouldn't take it. No, they yeah. took it. Well, okay, there's okay. This this is an example of digital. But so the lady, you scanned the document, sent it to her. She asked you to rescan it because it was printing upside down. Yeah, yeah. Or um, the time your mother couldn't scan something. Remember they they told her she couldn't scan it. Or no, it had to be scanned to email. It couldn't be a picture from a phone. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, snap the picture with the phone and then emailed it. Yeah, right. And, oh, uh, I just, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Renegade says, do you remember needing 13 floppies to install the latest DOS in 96? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. So this is a funny, uh, where did I get it here? So the new prime minister has declared war on floppy disks. 
and quip sarcastically about his fax machine jamming despite living in a remarkably advanced society. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I think they'll get it. It's just... Yeah, whatever. But maybe but they like, don't need to. Like, right what's away, the population right? of Japan, though, right? Like, they would... Like, that's a lot to do. And, and it'll happen. But it's just one of those things that they've obviously been comfortable with it up to this point. So why, why bother? It's true. Renegade says, uh, Satoshi gave us Bitcoin. Japan gave us raw fish, anime, and uh, ladies' underwear in vending machines, right? We yeah. can't forget that. So, um, Haas says, I still have, oh, that's really cool. Still have my childhood Commodore 64, monitor, floppy drive, keyboard, modem, etc. And uh, Haas, we still use a fax machine at our company. <laughs> I'll pray for you, bro. No, I'm just kidding. It's okay. Whatever. And Chicken Hawk says, 12 years ago, I had to find a typewriter oh my god to fill out a government document they would not accept any other way very oh my like seriously goodness. i know right like it's, it's so I, it just stupid. it drives me nuts and that yeah like and, and and i hate it when you call the government and they're just like i'm like can i just email it to you and they're like oh we don't have an email you have to mail it to us i'm, I'm like come on <laughs> like seriously and just like with uh with everything now every time you call them their famous line is six to eight weeks yeah like it that? does yeah no you know what i hope ai replaces your job that's going to be my new thing right now i hope ai replaces you so backwoods butcher how old are you i forget i know you told me but i, I didn't think you were that much younger but maybe i never used a floppy in his life hmm. so in 1997 i started as the student assistant at our local library and we had the internet there and i taught half the people in my town how to use the internet and you couldn't bring outside uh well, they didn't even have USB drives really yeah. then, but you couldn't bring in outside discs. So you had to buy your own little for $5. And you had to keep it at the library. You did. So you, you bought a little uh, 1.44 meg um, floppy disk. And they wrote your name on they it. They wrote your name on it and they put it in a little box so that if you wanted to download anything or save files on it, you would put it on there and you couldn't. It was the funniest thing. Yeah, it was so, funny. Yeah, Backwoods 31 and he's he's never played with a floppy a floppy <laughs> disk before. So floppy disk. It's just home. Yeah. So, um. Now, even when I was a kid, right? remember I told you the story, I come home from school one day <laughs> and <laughs> go ahead, tell the story. It's a my, good one. And my dad's sitting in the living room and, and my dad has since passed. He passed away in 2011, but um, he's sitting in the living room and this great big, huge thing in front of him. And I, and I said to him, I said, and I had my friend with me and I said, I said, what the hell is that? And he goes, um, he goes, it's a fax machine. And I'm like, why do you have a fax machine in the middle of our living room? And he goes, so I can fax all my my papers. And I'm like, what papers are you going to fax? <laughs> it was like once a month he had to fax It was like right? once a month he had to fax one paper. And we had an actual like place, because I grew up in a city. So you could actually go there and you could pay a dollar fifty, and they would fax sure. it. Sure. Right. So, um, but he went and bought a fax He machine. went and bought an $800 fax machine that was set up in the middle of our living room. It, it, the thing was gigantic. So he could fax one piece of paper once a month. And I just looked at him and, uh, I just, I said, you know what? Cause I think my mom was, she was on vacation, she was on vacation Florida. with my grandmother in Florida. And I looked at him, I said, that better be gone before mom gets home because she's going to kill, kill you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was gone before mom came home, but I had never seen something so funny in my entire life. And he thought it was the greatest thing in the entire world. It was like $800. And so apparently <laughs> backwoods has never used a dial up phone 
or yeah, he said dial-up phone or a pager either, which I never had a pager. I had a pager. Yeah. So uh, where is it? Backwood says immature for my age. I think he meant to say I'm mature, but I'm going to call that immature because that, <laughs> that reads as immature, right? Yeah. Yeah. Immature for my age. Yeah. I was pretty sure. So, and uh, so Renegade says, why am I six years older, but from a whole different generation? Don't feel bad. I grew up as a Gen Xer and now everybody's trying to tell me I'm a goddamn millennial. You so there millennial. you go. And the next thing you're going to tell me is that friggin' uh, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. So, it is. I'm a Gen X. In this article, He's marking one year since the establishment of the digital agency, they reported that the work has stalled <laughs> due to pushback from other agencies. The uncooperative departments reportedly included the Ministry of Justice, which had objected to plans to adopt cloud-based blah, blah, blah. So anyway... Yeah, he says, because we're educated in school to keep the rules, I guess we are all still carrying that mentality that we shouldn't do anything wrong. I guess I'm a lucky person because it's the edit anyway. So, oh, isn't that something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, since we're going to go down that road tonight, Byron says, pager, then a cell phone in a bag. I love those cell phones in the bag. I never had one, but my Uncle Vernon, back in the late 80s, early 90s, had one. He used it for years, and it, it worked. Can you open it? He's got to go. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll let him know. So don't ask Kyle. He never watched Lethal there Weapon. Go. Yeah. There you go. No, go on, buddy. No, Chicken Hawk, it is a Christmas movie. Did he go out? Uh, yes, he did. Okay. It is a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, no, he, you know, he's, he's saying what it isn't like, as in, you know. What, so Die Hard isn't a Christmas He agrees. Movie? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, it yeah, is I a know. Christmas movie. That's why I'm telling him. I'm like, yeah, it is. Guys always busting my balls. Yeah. Do you want to do one more or is that enough? Uh, it don't matter. Right. I had uh, I had one of those um, see-through green pagers. Mm. That was the biggest thing. And it was like $19 a month. And and then my first... 25 clip, cents a minute. Yeah, Hawk. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, and I had one of those cell phones, uh, the LG ones. I think that was my first cell phone, the little... Oh, one. yes. I yeah. We had a Motorola... So I just learned something recently, guys. You know the old Motorola that had the like bright green, if you know the the little LCD screen that would yep. like give you cancer when you looked at it, and it had the flip down so you could talk into yep. it. You know the little pull up antenna on those? Yes. They didn't do anything. Oh no, they I were know. for looks. I had no idea. <laughs> the antenna on those things were internal, but you pulled the antenna up and it made you feel like, oh, I'm a real man. You oh, know? you're so, badass. Yeah. Talk about your cell phone. Oh yeah, and yeah. Now Byron's just... right. Those phones did work better than today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The biggest difference was when we went from analog to digital, because when we switched over to digital, which give you a better battery life, the signal didn't go through Hmm. near as much stuff. Hence, probably why they're not doing it. That's true. Imagine how much problems they're going to have. Chicken Hawk says, see through everything in the early 90s. Backpack, phone. Yeah. I had a see through phone. I had my own phone line and it was uh, a landline and it was clear and you could see all the like the wires and. And you can see the bell and everything. Through. I love those. I They're, had one of those. If you guys want to, I can't play this video because it will um, copyright. But one of my favorite YouTubers, uh, Tecmo, he is a British guy. Here, let me see if I can go back and I want to show you this. Uh, let's bring it up here. So there's his video. Uh, it's called Prison Tech. And it, yeah, I don't want it to, I'm trying to find a, anyway. So if you see it there, it's got a see-through tape player, a see-through TV, and all of that. So it's a pretty cool video. It's 17 minutes long. He goes in. I don't even know how he bought. He buys his stuff on eBay, right? But it was it was really cool. He, he, does a, he does a good job breaking down how the technology works, and our dogs are going crazy up there tonight. So. Uh, the girls might be home. Oh, yeah, that's fine. But. Yeah, no, but um, – and then Rod had 
he was the first one in our group to have a cell phone. He had... Of course he was. He would be. What was that? Um, well, he had the big Motorola. Did he have a StarTech? But then he got a StarTech phone. Do you guys... That, that was the coolest phone ever. Backwoods Butcher's like, what the hell are these friggin' boomers talking about? He's like, I've never... Gr-. Yeah. He's like... And also, I got to tell you, uh, Backwoods, there used to be a time when our internet came in on lines, too. Mm-hmm. I, it's It blows me away, but it used to come in on this, like, cat cable, you know? And, and you pick I, up the phone and be like... Ee! Oh my god, yeah, dial up. Don't pick up the phone. I'm downloading a picture. <laughs> or like the first time I tried to download a movie and it, it's like it said it was gonna be like 34 days to download. I'm like, yeah, we're hooped. So yeah. I remember a guy I went to college with uh, sorry, high school with, junior high and everything. I don't think I'll say his name because it's a pretty funny story, but he's the type of dude that like he lived on the internet and yeah. uh he, so he's he once spent I think it was three or four days straight awake on the internet when he first got it. Yeah. So Renegade, okay, well, the story's coming around to this. Who was so, it? Say his name. I know, but he lived, I'll tell you, he lived above a Chinese food restaurant downtown in Digby. You wouldn't know him. I've really ever talked about him. So the okay. first time I go over, he's like, do you want to see what you can do on the internet? I'm like, um, okay. So he has a, a, a great big bitmap. It wasn't even a JPEG. It was all, all the porn he he collected all the porn he could, and he he edited his picture onto the face of all the guys. And you're not going to say his name? No. <laughs> Come on. And so, but he was the guy. I would so no, rat would, him. No out. way would I ever do that. Oh, so, that would be so funny. Renegade remembers ASCII porn. Do you remember? Do you know what ASCII is? You know when? No. Remember when they used to make the pictures with characters? You know, so like you'd have like slashes and circles and all that and you would scroll down and it would here i'll show you what it looks no, like so um believe it or not i didn't look at porn on the internet well you're you are yeah a lady so um so this is what it looks like here oh no that's yeah like this stuff babe right here when you make pictures with characters that's really crazy stuff but right here uh, where that uh, oh, okay okay yeah yep. so for anybody who doesn't know I'm not going to bring up ASCII porn, Josh, just because you said it. But this is the type of thing right here. Like, Cole is awesome. You you know, there was some pretty neat stuff back in the day. You know, okay. people would make pictures of uh, Beavis and Butthead. Okay. You know, that, that was early 80s stuff and 90s stuff. So, oh, see, yeah. I... So, uh, Kyle says, next you're going to say that uh, TVs were black and white. Well, when... I didn't have a black and white TV. My dad was so... He was so into this, like making sure that we always had so, the biggest TVs I'm and everything. I'm 42, and when I was a kid, the first TV we had was a 13-inch black and white television. This little it had the little circles on the side for the the uh, speaker, and I remember Dad went and bought a used 19-inch colored TV from Home Hardware. What, what were they doing selling used TVs anyway? So he Dad always bought these electronics used. He bought the first microwave. It, he bought it from a, 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 my my school teacher. I think they paid like $300 for it used. The thing took two people to carry it into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So anyway, I can't remember if it was Alice or Charlotte. But when they were little, they said, what was it like back in the day when things were black and white? And I was like, <laughs> oh, I love you. So yeah. It's no, true. so like my parents had the big microwave, but they got it as a wedding gift. Okay. And they had they had that microwave forever. Like that that thing, I don't even think it died. I think they just ended up getting a new one because they wanted something smaller on the counter. Because it was massive, right? Sure. And Those ones didn't die. They didn't. No, they like, just, I don't think there was anything They just melted down. They turned into like, you know, like the <laughs> elephant's foot in Chernobyl? Exactly. That's what like, happened to them. But so. no, I, I honestly think it still worked. But it was, 
we had moved and the counters weren't as big and they needed something a little bit smaller, which is understandable because this thing was huge. And, um, but my dad, my dad would go out and I don't ever remember having a black and white television because as soon as they released the biggest TV that they could get, he was out there buying it. And I, because that's all I did was watch TV. Now, I will say though, the one thing that we did have from the day I was born was screw in cable. So, you know, on the back here, we're oh, going to, yeah, we had that too. Yeah. I know yeah. you guys did, but so I had a friend that all they had was rabbit ears cause they just got over the air free cable, three mm-hmm. channels. And if you wanted to watch the hockey game, they would have to do exactly what Haas said and you get up off the coach, change the channel or have the kids do it or get up and adjust. I remember Jason, his dad be like, get up and adjust them damn antennas. So he'd get up and they would move them around so he'd get a better picture. Oh my goodness. But ours, so that they came in on these two little screw terminals. They were like little forks, you know, that screwed. So they, the antenna come down and like it was a dual wire, had two of these in the back and they screwed to the screws. Oh, so okay. a big feature in the early eighties was cable ready TVs. So, you know, the coax fitting that screws on. That's what we have. Was yeah, the coax. exactly. Yeah. So, our black and white TV didn't have that. Mm-hmm. So we had to buy an adapter. It was this little blue cylinder thing that screwed into those antenna adapters okay. that had a coax adapter on the back. So eventually when dad bought the colored TV, I inherited the black and white one. I got the 13 inch for my Nintendo entertainment system. All was good until one day I rented Bart Simpson versus the Space Mutants. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't jump over this certain spot. Couldn't figure out why. Because in the game, you had to spray paint everything that was green. And okay. guess what? I couldn't figure out what was green because I had a black and white TV. <laughs> so, you know, the hard times us 80s kids had, oh, right? Oh, I so, know. And Byron says, I remember being the remote for the TV and the antenna tuner. Yeah, absolutely. Now, see, that's what's funny. Like, my, my dad always had a remote because his ass was too lazy to get up to turn the And the other thing, though, to be so. fair, is you lived in a... Uh, like I lived in a small town. You lived yeah. in a fairly big city in yeah. Ontario, which was like you know, the, the yeah. Hub but of, but yeah. even if even if they didn't have those TVs with the remotes, he still wouldn't have got up off his ass to change it. No, he so, would have told you to do yeah. it, right? So, but no, he always had. And then of course it was like, oh yeah, we never. So we were never uh, fancy or rich enough to have one of those big crank satellite dishes. My uncle Ken had one of those. We so. <laughs> my buddy Troy had one of those right. and uh, in the same thing you they had an automatic one you didn't have to hand crank it but yeah that's what Ken had he had you when you turned the channel you could hear it moving yeah you'd watch the satellite dish but didn't move they have outside. like 3,000 channels oh you could get everything like, you know yeah, like because I remember babysitting Natasha and Nathan and the remote was friggin massive 12 on foot it. dish yeah and then they're just like oh well you just do this and this and this and i had never seen so many channels in my entire I life know. and like I, they because they brought them in from everywhere and mm-hmm. there's a whole story behind how they worked and stuff but i remember you couldn't like they had like hbo and showtime and all that but they were scrambled yeah. so but if you if you flick the channel fast enough and flick back sometimes you get it to latch in but like so. what 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 an ugly thing in your yard though oh they were the ugliest things and they're all over the place now mm-hmm. but they're just as ubiquitous as the smaller dishes yep. now because almost nobody has satellite TV anymore. I don't and, like. I don't think a lot of people have cable. But look anymore, at the rental like, we bought. That thing's got four goddamn satellite dishes on it. <laughs> no, right. now, I mean, they're all small, but yeah. you know, if this was in the '80s, they'd think you were a hacker or a crackhead. You know. Yeah. But, and uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Haas says he used to sell dish cards to Canada. Yes. So again, in the. Did you get us one of those? I was no, I oh, was, no, that it was, was the it box. was one of those um 
yeah, what was like a receiver called? box or whatever. Yeah, it was a oh, shit. It a, was a, an a, Android box. A remember? pirated one. Yeah, yeah. So I knew a guy, actually a few. So here, here we're going to go back and date ourselves again. But so I was a big wrestling fan in high school, right? And I would. We had a guy who had. Uh, illegal American satellite dishes. Yeah. He would record the wrestling pay-per-views on VHS and then we would circulate them amongst our friends and we'd all watch them and then we'd give them back to him. And uh, he used to sell later on, he would sell, you would buy, it was a certain type of satellite receiver. And then exactly. So Haas says he would sell dish cards to Canada. People would buy them all the time. And then, but they would zap them every so often. And then we, we had to get ours fixed, remember? Yeah. And then we got to the point where like, oh, it's just, not worth it. Just not worth it. We yeah. just got tired of doing it. Byron grew up in the country, used a motorized antenna until the early 90s. Well, I used to go to my buddy Troy's house in uh, junior high. So that would have been like 94 to 96. And he had a satellite dish then. Well, see, my cable came out of um, every... S3 channel 19. Every, every couple <laughs> um, blocks, there was like a green box. Oh, yeah. Underground and, cable? Or? Yeah, but it was all, but that's how they accessed it. So, like, right. if you didn't pay your bill, they popped the lid off it and they would disconnect the cable. And that's how, if you didn't pay your bill, that's how they did it. Which would be why at three o'clock in the morning, I would go out with my dad holding the flashlight. And he knew how to just, he knew how to put our cable hey, hold back. Hold the goddamn flashlight straight, <laughs> Rebecca. I'm trying to steal cable here. He would hook the cable back up and they wouldn't know it. Right. So, we would have free cable for. Until they came around to disconnect somebody else. And they'd be like, hey, wait a minute. They're not supposed to have cable. They disconnected again. We'd be out there at 3 o'clock in the morning. Connecting that sucker right back up. Did he ever do it with power? No. I don't think that ever. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Just cable. Okay, well, he was good at that. He was in, I, I remember. Oh, uh, yeah. He was pretty inventive. It was. I remember like, when we first met and his cable got shut off. Yep. And you said. Don't worry, by tomorrow he'll have it. <laughs> no, it was it was in the morning, remember? And I said, oh, don't worry. He'll uh, have it by tonight. He'll have it by tonight because he has to watch his uh, spike. We, spike we were TV staying or... with you. We come back <laughs> and he had like 75 feet of coax running to the next rental unit. That until, nobody was living. <laughs> until the next day, he had a new satellite hooked up in somebody else's name. So he was, a, yeah, it was pretty funny. Eh? So yeah, Martinson family, we often hooked up on everyone's cable. Uh, so there wasn't shade on us. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so when he I, would splice into people's cables, he knew how to do it. Yeah. He knew how to do it. Like, and when they caught on to him going out to the box, <laughs> um, they eventually the put these great big, huge locks. So you couldn't get in them anymore. So of course, if, well, nobody's, you know, Tim, well, Tim, no, but my dad would always get this look on his face. He's like, oh, the fuck they're going to stop me from doing this. So he would go to our neighbor's <laughs> house in the middle of the night. And he'd go into their wire and he'd splice it. Are you going to tell a story for a minute while I run to the washroom? Oh, yeah. yeah, keep telling the story. Yeah, so he I'd would, like to go a little longer, but I can't. Yeah, so he would um, go into the neighbors and he would splice it and then wrap it with electrical tape to make it look like the cable company had did it. So that was something that he was really good at. And, and the satellite dishes would be constant... I don't know how many he used to have in other people's names, but that's exactly what he used to do. But yeah, so that was, that was the story of the cable. Mr. Cook always leaves me hanging by myself here. Doing fine. I'm doing fine. Yeah. Thank you. Story. What's that? Tell another story. I, what about Tell my, story about going to get your free food. Oh, <laughs> so to, uh, yeah, the free food. He was good at that too. 
uh, he would call up McDonald's and say they messed up his order. And he would give them a fake name and we would go through and he would basically get us all free food. So he was, he was good at that too. Pee faster, Tim. You're leaving me hanging You're here, man. You're fine. You're doing good. You want to be a podcaster too, sweetheart. It's different when... Listen, I can talk to myself all day. You're well, doing great, you. sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Becky misses you. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Pee faster, Tim. Yeah. Renegade. There we go. I'm all good. I'll just get a catheter installed and then we can just keep talking. I just got a message from a Jonathan Lane on uh, Telegram saying, hello. Hello. So, Say hello back. Hello. Hello, Jonathan Lane. How are you? Because you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Right? Your dad was creative. Yeah. yeah. He was. Okay. So here's the Yeah, I know he was really creative. He was. So we joke about your dad. Yeah. But he, yeah. You know what, Haas? We're going to reminisce about payphones in a minute. Your dad would have been a great prepper. Oh, yes. Because he could. Well, uh, I mean, okay. It was lazy. That's fine. No, no, no. But. but... Yeah. But he he was able to make something out of nothing all the time. Yeah, but not as being for like prepared and having stock. No. Yeah. No, cuz he No, no, I know. No, but, but he could, he could definitely maybe he would be a survivor. Yes, yeah. he could get whatever he wanted. He would be the type of dude that would find a sea can somewhere, turn it into a bomb shelter. And but you know, the third <laughs> but, day into the nuclear but the problem is though, he would turn it into a bomb shelter by convincing everybody else to turn it into a bomb shelter for him oh, sure for him to live there but nobody else can live mm -hmm. there because that's basically what he used to do <laughs> so, yeah he was good at he was yeah. very creative he was and yeah it was what it was so Haas says remember the free phone calls you could make on payphones so here's a few things about payphones they were a lot of fun mm -hmm. so the first thing i would do is i would be downtown so again here's the funny thing mom would always say if you're going to come home uh, if you're going to stay out, stay out as late as you want, but you need to let me know where you are. So we would go downtown and we had what we called the idiot loop in our town. So you would go downtown, you would circle around the captain cabin, the captain's cabin restaurant in a vehicle and then go back through. But before we had vehicles, we would just walk downtown. So if I needed to let mom know where I was, I would call up and I would dial zero and I would make a collect call and mom would pick up the phone and it would say, hello, you have a collect call from I'm downtown with the captain's cabin. Love you. Bye. And then she would hang up and we would get a free message that way because it worked all the time. And then one day, again, I was a big wrestling fan, a big tech fan. I discovered that there were these 1-800 numbers that had voicemails attached to them. And the default code for them was four zeros. And so if you called up and you put the, the code in, you could change the password to your own password and then you could leave messages on there so i created my own wrestling 1-800 phone line everybody was doing it. there was all hundreds of them it was the funniest thing so we hacked these little 800 numbers for i was probably six months to a year in like 98 i think so oh i think what rod and i did was was worse with the pay phones because you remember when you used to be able to call the pay phones Oh, yeah, and yeah, they yeah, would yeah. ring and ring and ring. Backwards yeah. never used a oh, yeah. So like um, they we would. It was usually over spring break because we were bored. So I would be hanging out, and this one time he, um, he got this incredible idea. He goes, "Watch this! I'm gonna." So he called this random payphone, and he would call and call and ring, and it would ring and ring, and nobody would answer. Nobody would answer, and he did it all day and then one time this guy <laughs> answered the phone and he pretended he was a radio dj 
And he told the guy, because like in Sarnia they had, uh, it was called Fox FM. Right. That was the radio station. This is Bill from Fox FM. Yes. You have won. Yeah. He told him that he won $500 <laughs> for answering the phone. But he had to be at the radio station in 10 minutes. And the guy was freaking out because he was on a bike. Oh, <laughs> that's all... so mean. It was so mean. But it was all the way across town. Oh. So, so he told him he he would win five hundred dollars if he rode if he got to the radio station in ten minutes. Oh my! Goodness. So it was just it, I shouldn't laugh at it, but the guy it was it was so mean. Yeah. I, I could just imagine the guy going into the radio station. It's like I'm here to pick. What'd you say? Five thousand dollars? Five hundred? Oh, five hundred. That's perfect because that's an amount that somebody would mm -hmm. try. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Haas wants to know, Kyle. Have you ever used a stick shift? And uh, so I need to, um, I, I, here's a, what do you want to call it? Um, confession time. I never drove a stick shift until I moved to Alberta. Mm. I was 33 years old when I bought my little Ford Ranger and learned how to drive stick. My first car was a stick shift. Right. Yeah. My parents got rid of the uh, Chevette that we had that was a standard mm. about six months before I got my license. So I learned on this 1989 Corsica that was an automatic. Never had the opportunity to drive a stick until I moved out here. And I'm like, I'm going to buy a little Ford Ranger. And it was a standard. And I learned. And then I got my class one license. So now my first car was a 1982 Ford Escort. And it was stick oh, shift. Yeah. And she probably never listens. But my, my friend Catherine was the one that taught me how to drive that. And then... My next car after that was a 1989 Ford Escort, and that was a stick shift too. <laughs> so I I love manual cars. They're and, except for when you're on like steep hills, and but they're like they're fun when you can't when you can just push them to boost them and stuff like that. Like oh yeah, right. Yeah, no, they are they're very reliable, and I I love manuals. And uh, Byron drives one with a Jeep all the time too. So yeah. yeah, I mean I don't mind them now. Once I I can get. It's one of those things you don't forget once plus you learn. When, but... Well, plus when you're 20, it makes you feel like a badass because oh, yeah. you can like rev it up well, and everything. <laughs> I used two things I used to do. Number one, I <laughs> mom used to get so fucking mad at me. I used to roll the windows down in the car and I would jump into them like Bo and Luke do. Do you remember that? <laughs> I was this fat kid trying to jump into mom and dad's windows. And she'd be like, would you stop doing that, Timothy? <laughs> But then I would also sit in the car and I would play with the stick shift. Dad would get so mad because he'd get in and the friggin' the the stick would be all in the wrong space. Yeah, it was funny. But at least we had a flat driveway, so it didn't roll out in traffic. <laughs> Dad, one of Dad's first car trucks he ever bought, it had a um, it was like a slack parking brake, and he came home and parked on a hill. He was warned. The guy said, "Make sure you put a chalk behind the tire because he says it won't roll, but it'll creep." He said, "Every few minutes it'll go." Do, do. Anyway, dad forgot all about it, came home, parked his truck up on the hill, went to bed, woke up in the morning, the trucks crossed street in the weeds. That's what happened with my escort. Was it? Yeah, because it was, um, I, I, I must have put, I put the parking brake on, but I didn't put it up full enough, I guess. So it okay. didn't lock. And then, or, no, you know what it was? I wasn't driving. My friend was driving and I was drunk and she might not have put up the parking brake. But anyway, he came out in the morning. And whoever, one of my neighbors, something must have pushed the car back up because there was a brick behind the tire. Right. And I'm like, oh, what happened? And I looked and the whole bumper, the whole side of the bumper was all dented in because it hit one of the telephone poles. Oh, when it right poor down. honey. So it must have picked up enough speed that it, it dented the whole bumper. So but... Martinson family, you just unlocked a memory that I had completely forgot about. She said, uh, 
or he, I'm not sure which Martinson family's on here tonight, but said, hope they had a, a GD New Yorker. So my parents didn't because we were just kind of lower middle class. But my, my good friend, Alex, who I spent a ton of time with, his grandparents were fairly well to do. And they had a New Yorker in the 80s that was a car that talked. Okay. So you would get in. And what would happen is the, the seat belts would jam in the door or it wouldn't, the seat, the doors were notorious for not shutting properly. And so you'd be driving down the road and the car would be going, your door is a jar. Your door is a jar. This car, they had it for about six months. And, um, Alex's grandmother, what was her name? Uh, oh man, I can't remember now. Anyway, Poe was the grandfather's name, but she was so sweet. Just, I always thought the world of her. And, uh, she, she got so pissed off that she made Poe trade it in. They thought it was a great brand new New Yorker that that talked to you. It was I, it was the same time that uh, Night Rider was out, so it was a big kind of thing, you know. But, I had yeah. one of those cars where the seatbelts came into the front. Oh, and then when you shut the, in, and it would go and try to strangle you. It well, would no, it, like, it would be on the outside, and then when you shut the door, it would suck into you. Yeah, yeah, it I, would it would travel. I always you. had uh, nightmares about those that they would come in and you know strangle. But backwards first truck was an S10 with a five speed, and while my mom was teaching me the right way to drive it, my buddy was teaching me how to skip gears. <laughs> well, if you go fast enough. Yeah, you'd, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. I we we I just used to like to do donuts. We'd get down to the the mall parking lot when it would snow, and I would do donuts from mom and dad's well, car. I, and, well, my nineteen eighty two Ford Escort was nothing but metal. That like it solid it, metal, solid like it was metal. And we used to go to the park, and my friends would sit on the roof, and they would hold the windows, and we would drive around the park, and then we'd slam on the brakes to see if they could hold on or if they would slide down the front oh of it. Oh, my God. And then it would cave in the roof, and then all you had to do was just reach inside, and it would pop right back up again. <laughs> so, that's what we, and then we'd go to the mall, and we would uh, – this thing was a rust bucket. The only thing holding it together was rust. But um, we would go around and – full tilt hit shopping carts to see how we could make them fly across the parking lot. That's what we used to do with my 82. <laughs> so. Here's a picture guys. I looked it up. So it was a 1986 Chrysler New Yorker turbo. It talks the talk. And you know what? <laughs> that was like the ugliest car. I, no, I actually think that's a pretty sharp looking car. Today. No, it's not. That you is ugly. I don't know. All right. You know what guys? Thumbs up. If you think that's a good looking car and thumbs down, you just throw it in the comments there because Look at that. It's got that little, the, the, the leather, whatever, the outdoor leather roof that is on an it. an ugly car. Really, I think it's pretty sexy. No. So, I don't know. What's everybody think of this 1983 New Yorker? That's <laughs> like 40 years old. Look up a 1982 Oh, man, yeah. You know what? Let me, let me, so that, that was the car that they had that talked. It was, yeah. it was the car that talks the talk. And It I was an Oldsmobile were, that I had with an the belt. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm going to show you the car that mom and dad had, if I can find it. It was a night, we bought this brand new. 19, yeah, see, thank you, Haas. 1987 Pontiac Cadian scooter. This was this was our family car. This is a really good. You guys will love this car. So here, see if I can find you a gray one. It was basically that color right there. Look at that. Sorry, honey, but we got uh, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. That's three pluses for that. Yeah, no, so, that's an ugly car. So this was the Pontiac version of the Chevette that we had. Oh, we're not even on the screen anymore. I killed us. There we go. Yeah. All right, there we are. So there we go, guys. So this was the Pontiac version of the Chevette. Dad bought that brand new in 1987, but it gets better. So and and this one had burgundy interior. Somebody said burgundy there. It was 
it was a sexy car. We had that chicken hawk give you a thumbs down, baby. Yeah, thank you. So we had that from 87 <laughs> until 1996. So I was 15 years old, sitting in the back seat with my sister. We would drive and fight. It was the most miserable. It had no air conditioning, didn't have power steering. But the better part is, this was an uh, 87. Mom and dad bought one in 85 that was used. And I remember as a kid, the person who owned it before them cut the seatbelts out of it because there were they, they were putting them in the cars, but you didn't legally have to have them. So we had to go to a junkyard and buy seatbelts for the car because somebody cut them out. Like that times have changed, haven't they? So so um, Haas said we had one not that talked with the Burg oh, burgundy red one. Yeah, the New Yorker. That's cool. And Martinson's uh, dad had a 77 two-door New Yorker completely different large icon car and um a large iron car my grandmother had for like 20 years it was a was it a special k or a k uh, k car was that what k, it was a k car yeah it looks like a box with wheels yeah this one right here it was yeah. a navy blue she had one of my friends had one and of it those had a trunk that you could put at least three dead bodies in and it wasn't even that big of a car they were the ugliest car my parents had a dynasty oh a dynasty oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah well there's a pretty close color there the dynasties um, kind of look like the k cars I think they were just a little there, bit bigger. That one right there. That's the color. We used to take <laughs> we used to take Sunday afternoon drives with her and my grampy. And I remember one time I was like, well, he died when I was six. So I was about five. And we saw <laughs> we saw a bear standing up on the side of the road. And I told Gramps it was an old man standing there. And he just kind of told me to shut up. So <laughs> he was a good man, though. Now, my first car that I bought myself yeah. was a 19... 92 Ford Mustang convertible, a red one. Really? That was my Mustang. Oh, you had it. We, we hadn't yeah. met yet, but we were yeah. living in the same town at the time. So Yes, it was a, a convertible Mustang, cherry red, and that was the first car that I actually bought. 1992 Ford Mustang convertible. Mustang. Red. So, and you had that, yeah, like I said, when we before we met, but we were in the same town, right? Yes. Cherry red. Let's see if this one brings up. Yep, that right that's there. what it was. All I can picture is some <laughs> douchebag 1980s stock trader driving, yelling into his cell phone with his sweater around his neck. That's I what that looks like. I loved that car. Man, that car could move too, but I mine had a white top. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's see if we can, yeah. So let me show you my first car. I didn't buy it, but mom and dad give it to us. 1989. Uh, hang on. 1989 Chevy Corsica. <laughs> Uh, tan brown. Here we go. 1989 Chevy Corsica tan brown. There it is right there. Yep. And it was a hatchback. Hatchbacks were very rare, but yeah, it was like that one right there, but it was this one. That's the exact color. I can still hear. Oh my God. The thing was falling apart. I don't know where they put it. And you know what I trade? You know what I trade my Mustang in for? For a Grand a Caravan, No, right? a Ford Tempo. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Cruise and Wall Street. There you go. That's that, exactly that was it, yeah. that Mustang. I loved it. Obviously, doesn't work with, you know, it doesn't work for doing anything because the back seat was just little. But so I traded it in for a Ford Tempo. What year was our neon? Was it a 2000? It was a 2001 Dodge uh, neon. Yeah. So here, guys, this black is black Dodge neon. Yep. Black Dodge neon. So this was our very first car. Uh, right, that uh, one right, right there. there. Yep. That one. That so, one right there. Yep. That was. So when we first 
lots of fun stories with that. We yes. first got uh, together. We weren't, you're like, hey, you can borrow my car. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> and I was supposed to pick her up at work and I fell asleep. Yep. And then, remember we were going to look at the very first house we were going to rent? Yep. She said, you go ahead and drive, hon. And it live, It was at the top of the world's steepest hill. You had to drive literally up Mount Everest on, on a dirt road. We get there on the road. We get to the bottom of the first valley. We're ready to go up, and it's a sheet of ice. Couldn't do anything in the back seat. It was too small. Yeah. Um, oh no, we had to wait for the van. No, see, oh, you weren't yeah. trying to do that. You can't. You can do anything in that back seat. It was ridiculous. So we get three quarters of the way up to the top of the hill to where we were looking at renting a place, and I I stop up hard. We couldn't even like we were stuck. Right, we just completely stopped in the middle of the road. And Becky was like, well, we're not married yet. She goes, you're not insured on my truck, on my car. She said, let's switch. I'll drive and I'll get us out of this. Yep. So as this, it was so slippery. As we're passing in the front of the truck, I put my hand. No, the car. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. In the front of the car. I put my hand on the hood of the car to stabilize myself. And the car does about a 25 degree slide to, toward the ditch. Because of all the ice. Yep. It was unreal. Yeah. But. We used to have, at the time, we had three kids. Mm -hmm. We put three kids, Manny the dog, in the back of the truck. Plus. We would, we would go get groceries. $300 worth of groceries. And, and three bags. Three 50-pound bags of chicken feet. We would pile all that into this little Dodge Neon, and we would bring it home with us. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was pathetic. It, we had a lot of fun with it. But, yeah, that was, yeah, and that was the last of our. I wasn't the last of our deadbeat cars. Well, then, well yeah, because then we just kind of started going with caravans. And then... What was the name of the green and white car that your mother had? It was an Eagle something? Eagle Talon or an Eagle? No, it was an Eagle... I can't remember. It was like a Hyundai, it might, but... It might have been an Eagle Talon. I don't know. I don't think it was. Let's see. I don't think it was an Eagle Talon. Um, I don't think so. No, it was an no. Eagle something. Anyway, it was the most ugly. I, I put that in the ditch one time, remember? It yeah, was, but um, we had it parked out front of the house, and we had that um, huge storm. And the wind came and caught the hood oh, yeah. and flipped it up and smashed the, against the wind and just decimated the, the windshield. Because the, the um, it didn't work. Uh, the, the hood latch didn't work. No, but the, the hur it was like hurricane strong winds, and it just... It just destroyed the windshield, and it bent the hood back. And was it an SUV? Was it an old? No, SUV? it looked like um. What was it called? I don't even know. I don't know. It was, it like, was a like, van, like the maybe. It or... was the weirdest name of a vehicle. I can't. It was an Eagle something, wasn't it? There it is. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Eagle that it? Summit. Yeah. Eagle that's it. Summit. You guys got to see this. So it was the ugliest. I'm going to tell you guys another story about being in the ditch because we're having fun, and we'll show you here. Let's bring this back up. Um, one second. There we are. It was are. that green and gray it was one. This one right there, right? The ugliest little yep. car. So here it is. We're going to bring it up. So, oh, why does it always have to be a video? So, anyway, that's what it looks like. The most miserable looking vehicle ever. Oh, it's ugly. So, yeah. when your mother moved out to Alberta, she left it with us and I was driving it. The thing was like it had bald tires, <laughs> it had an oil leak, yeah. it, the doors barely opened. It was a rust bucket. And I think hers might have been four door. I wasn't think it, it or was it a two door. I don't. I can't remember. I know, now. but it was this. No, color. it had a sliding door. Yeah, it was longer. Yeah, than no, that. Yeah. it was. But, but it, it looked was that just color. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So again, because everything's on a hill in Nova mm -hmm. Scotia, I was working back at the Lobster Pound, and I had to get a great big run because these tires were absolutely flat, mm -hmm. and the car had no weight to it. No at weight all. at all. No. So I get right to the top of the hill, and as I'm about to crest the top, 
some dickhead comes through in a great big jacked up truck, doesn't give me any space, and I have to come to a complete stop. And at that moment, I know I'm fucked because <laughs> I start sliding backwards. And I'm like, what do I do? I hit the brakes. I have nothing, and I'm sliding. So I'm like, well, take my hands off the wheel and let it run. So I go off the side of this hill, and the <laughs> only thing that stops me is a bunch of little alder trees. Yep. The th the truck was, or the vehicle was so light that it leaned up a bunch of friggin' scrub brush and didn't roll off the cliff. So I climb my ass out of it. I walk home. I say, I'm not going to work tonight. So we get up in the morning. The next morning, the thing's still laying there on the side of the hill. We go find a buddy who has a tractor. He comes by. Leonard was his name. A yep. drunk, drunk guy that lo lo loved to drink, but he also loved to drive his tractor. He comes, and he pulls... This thing, he puts a wench on it, and he says, well, the only way to pull you out is to pull you up the hill. He says, I'll pull you to the top of the hill, then you drive <laughs> down to the lobster pound, turn around and come back. And I'm like, well, that, that sounds good. So I hop in the vehicle. I drive back to the lobster pound. I do a, you know, a U-turn down in the lobster pound, and I'm heading back out. And as I'm coming around one of the blind turns in the icy road, another worker comes along. We both hit our brakes. No brakes because it's all ice and we go fucking nose to nose and explode his radiator. So that was two accidents in 12 hours in that car. Yeah, but the, the, the car still worked. The car still was working. <laughs> yeah, it was like a little tank. Life was, yeah. yeah. We, we, so, you know, I say abject poverty is a great motivator. It certainly makes some good stories. Too. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that little beast kept going, though. Because I remember... Charlie and Alice were doing that. Remember the school readiness program? Mm -hmm. So I would take them down for like four hours and I would wait for them. I'd go to the beach and wait for them because I didn't trust the vehicle to drive back. It, it had like a really bad brake leak and you still had brakes, but all you had was physical brakes. You had no pressure behind it. Mm -hmm. And of course, again, these were hills the size of Everest. And uh, so I would kind of drive down and coast in and make sure the brakes worked. But I, looking back on it, I shouldn't have drove them to school in that <laughs> no, thing. Oh dear. Have, but no. again, you had to go to work and yeah. you had the only good vehicle. So mm -hmm. we made it work, didn't we? Yeah. And then, well, of course, and then <laughs> where the hood is, that's where it snapped back and it, it smashed the windshield. In, and then that, that was it. You know what I was just thinking about? So th this is the type of thing we used to do. I had a, we, we bought or financed a new, uh, Dodge Grand Caravan. 1997. Remember? No, well, that wasn't the first one, but the yeah. second one we got that had like 200,000 kilometers on it. The gold But one. It, it was the new version. Yeah, but that they was give the us gold a deal one. because it was it had like way too many kilometers on yeah. it. But we kept the white van. Remember, we so we had an old white Grand Caravan that I drove back and forth to work, which basically meant we had no money to do any maintenance on it. So mm -hmm. I didn't do an oil change for seven decades. And uh, the brakes they stopped squeaking eventually. Yeah, because they um, were gone. So there was no brakes left. And um, <laughs> so my buddy, you know, we had this shade tree mechanic that mm -hmm. would do anything. One time I had a flat tire on the side of the road and I had no money to fix it. He's like, I got you, bud. So he's like, hop in the truck. So we hop in the truck. We drive into the local car dealership. We drive around back. He's like, just start digging through the pile. He said, so they had the, the scrap pile, the recycling tires. He said, just keep digging around until you find a tire that'll fit your truck or your van or whatever it was. And he found one. So for like 40 bucks, he's like, yeah, we'll put that on the rim, get you running. And so by the time we got back, we'd left the four ways on and the, the battery was dead. But anyway, so back to the white van. So I did no maintenance to it. I heard the brake squeak and I'm like, ah, fuck it. It'll be fine. So one day I'm driving along and all of a sudden I hear clunk. I'm like, huh, that's strange. No brakes. So I pull the thing over, uh, pull it up into park and, and park it there. And I get Wayne Burns to come along. He's our shade tree mechanic. And he's like, well, 
there's a reason you have no brakes. He said, your rotor snapped in half. So the brake pads had wore down. I, I, it was metal on metal until the rotor literally snapped in half. Mm-hmm. So that was the end of that vehicle. Yeah, it was. I think Wayne bought it off us for 200 bucks, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah, he gave us 200 bucks for it. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Haas says, so true, Tim. That's when you kept working on it because it was all you had and all you could afford. Now most people just get rid of it and get a new one. Mm-hmm. But... We sure have some good stories from the poor oh, days, Jesus. don't we? Oh, Jesus, yes. I, uh, I don't know. I guess we still have good stories now, but the crazy, insane stuff when you're younger, the shit you would never do. Like, I mean, we drove, what, 2007, drove across the country with... An that at- white van. In that white van yep. with an Atlas and no cell phone. Mm-hmm. And the kids wouldn't even think about going to the freaking corner store without GPS and a helmet <laughs> nowadays, so... Yeah, but it was in that white van. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That van, yeah, that van went across country twice. Yeah, we had a good time in that. Yeah, yeah, many a good. Speaking of the back seat, but oh, <laughs> uh, you know what, Mrs. Cook, we've been two and a half hours. I think yeah. we wrap it up here. We'll want to go out and sit out back for a little bit. We'll if see. The what smoke it, isn't if too the bad. Smoke's not too bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, I got to tell you, this was a lot of fun. It seems like we start out serious and then we end up down the nostalgia trail every week. Well, you know what? Way, it's so. nice to have nostalgia because sure it is. If you don't record it then you lose it. And you know what? Here's the thing. The kids can always go back and watch this stuff down the years down the road if they want to. Exactly. They can always well, hear the I mean. stupid like it, stories of mom and dad. It's always right? there. And it's, that's what it's I... It's a record of it. And we... Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and these stories are all 100% true. We're they fucking are, insane. Un- so. Unfortunately, they are 100% true. And and the one good thing about it, too, is that um, talking about it, it, it lets other people remember what they want to remember too. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah. And it, and it brings back and, and I love it. You know, we'll, we'll just kind of make the last hour every night uh, a place where you guys can come on and share your stories too. You know what so we, we should have, do? We that? should do a nostalgia episode on like eighties and nineties TV, TV and oh, yeah. cartoons. All right. Yeah. You know what guys, if you're up for it, that's what next week will be. We will do an eighties and nineties uh, TV um, roundup because we, we had a lot yeah. of fun with that last last time and everybody seemed to love it so we'll and do we it can again, do so. and and we can throw in a little bit of like 80s and 90s activities that we used oh to do. shit yeah like we'll, stuff we used to do on saturday morning you know like we'll go we'll go watching it. cartoons we'll right? go anywhere so, with it it'll yeah. be fun so yeah all right folks appreciate you we had 17 people in here almost the whole time yeah. i tell you it's i bring a pretty face on just like vanna white right so, yes. yeah yeah and, and you always get a good uh um, what do you call it? Uh, a good rant in too. Right? Yes. So yeah. Well, everyone likes listening to my rants because they are legit. Absolutely. And anytime I do rant about something, it is something that has seriously happened and literally happened, and it is true. So, <laughs> and it's it's sad, but cartoons or TV shows, we'll do both. But we'll do it all. It'll be fun. We'll have a hell of a time. Yeah. Be... And anybody wants to join us next week? Sure. Make a list. On, yeah. Make a list and we'll, we'll talk about it. Right. Yeah. And backwards butcher, he says, uh, I'll, I'll tag it in the history lesson. Yeah. The history lesson. Well, just, just you wait till he finds out about things like, uh, Tang. You remember Tang juice, the, yeah. or, the powdered orange juice and asbestos insulation. So we'll, 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 we'll fill you in buddy next week. So, <laughs> all right, folks, as always stay happy, stay healthy and have a great week.